0: Kentucky Derby Extravaganza We're going to talk about everything For the Saturday Churchill Downs Kentucky Derby Undercard We're talking about Saturday, September the 5th And we are really going to break down That card for you We're going to go race by race With four different guests Talking all about the Kentucky Derby And Different sections of the racing card So first up, it's going to be Barry Spears Going over races 1, 2, 3 And then his thoughts on the derby After that, it's going to be Ryan Dickey He goes over races 4, 5, 6, and 7 And then he gives his thoughts on the derby Following that, it's going to be Craig Milkowski. He's going to go over races 8, 9, 10 With his thoughts on the derby And then after that, it is going to be Emily Gullickson, she's going to give her thoughts On races 11, 12, 13, and And the Derby So you're going to get four different opinions We're going to go through every single race I'm going to give you my thoughts on all the races It is going to be a preview Unlike any other That you will see With tons of information Tons of different opinions And it's not just who you like Who we like in each race You're going to get all sorts of trip notes um, Ticket structure type things um, Speed figure information And just A look at how different people handicap Races, which I always love Talking to different people about the races We're also going to talk about the NBA We have a a nice interview with With our buddy Eric, who Discusses everything going on in the NBA Right now, we go over A really intense Game 7 between Oklahoma City and Houston We discuss the Game 7 between Utah and Denver, and then we move into Round 2, talk about the two Eastern Conference series where there are upsets of Bruin And then we preview the two Western Conference series Can the LA teams be defeated? They're both going to be heavily favored in the matchups Let's get right into the NBA That's where we're going to start We're going to start with the NBA Because that's a little more time sensitive We actually discuss some things that are going to be happening In you know Thursdays, games, and Friday And then following the NBA interview It'll be all the derby stuff and for those of you horse racing fans out there, it's another big week with our friends over at Stable Duel. Stable Duel with the daily horse racing contest. You can download the Stable Duel app. You can play in these contests for as little as five bucks and sometimes bigger contests that are all the way up to a uh, hundred. They've been tweaking the formats to see what the players like, all sorts of different things. So this week on Friday at Gulfstream Park, you can play for $5. There's a $5 buy in. And at Del Mar, there is a 3 day Del Mar Derby And it's a $25 buy-in each day With the the guaranteed prizes for the pool But there's also a bonus for the top 3 points getters So you want to make sure that you're playing in all the contests over the weekend For Del Mar, so get involved Del Mar Derby contest on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday So you can also play in a regular Del Mar $10 buy-in on Friday on Saturday you can play at Charlestown. They have a five dollar contest there. Normal ten dollar Del Mar contest, and then part two of that Del Mar Derby, that three-day contest with the $25 buy-in. I'm gonna be in all three of those, so you're gonna have to do your best to get by. That's what G said. I had a good little few days, and then the last like week or so I've been struggling with my uh, my stable dual lineup. So I think it's time to it's time to get back in the money again. Sunday, Del Mar. Day three, $25 buy in. Stable Duel, download that app, stableduel.com for any of the information. And, uh, you know, Stable Duel, what's really cool, if you go to stableduel.com and you look at shop, they've got some excellent tees. They've got glasses, hats, funny, funny slogans. And I've got a a bunch of their t shirts. They're really comfortable. And people always ask me uh, about them. You get the, uh, the size doesn't matter, but lengths do. Uh, you got the uh, stay in your lane there, and the uh, the degenerate, a couple of uh, really nice stable duel tees to check out. So, stable duel contest all weekend long. If you ever have any questions about stable duel just shoot me a message. I will help you on out. Just a week out from the NFL, NFL Thursday night next week. Game game one, the kickoff, and then next weekend we have the first NFL weekend. So fantasy, it's going like crazy right now. Everyone's drafting when they're season long and, and getting involved. There is a really cool website called Thrive Fantasy that has all sorts of different daily contests for different sports. You can get in for you know as little as a dollar, two dollars. A lot of their big contests are generally in the twenty to twenty five dollar range with thousands in prizes, and it's built around prop betting. So it's not, it's it's a little different Like some of the daily fantasy that you've played out there But you build your lineup based on A series of overs or unders If you're someone who bets a lot of props Or you, is something that sounds Interesting to you, you're going to get a little bonus If you deposit 20 And you use the promo code GINO You get an instant $20 bonus So go check it out, you, you know, you will put 20 bucks in You'll immediately turn that 20 into 40 Hey, boom, you just doubled your money up You can play around in a, a couple different contests It is... Completely legit, I've Played in a bunch of different ones, I've won a few I always like to make sure that I can Deposit my money fine, I play in a Contest, I always like to win, withdrawal Before I'm ever going to bring something on the show To let you know, because first and foremost I am a better, I am a Player, I like to check all These things out myself, just to make sure Thrive Fantasy, promo code GINO, you get 20 bucks Back in your pocket I get a few bucks Back in my pocket It makes me look good To one of my sponsors Help me out And uh, I'll, I'll help you out there With that 20 Thrive Fantasy Promo code GINO Deposit 20 Okay Here we go NBA with Eric, kick back and enjoy As we discuss everything Going on in the NBA And then following this uh, about 45 minutes or so interview Is going to be all the horse racing stuff So if you're looking for all the horse racing stuff It's going to be on the, the back si- uh, back end Of the, the episode And we'll have the time codes built in there for you Where you can just uh, move on around If you're looking for derby stuff We wanted to put this stuff up first because This uh, is a little more time sensitive That way we can keep it all in order Since we're able to get this Show out a, a couple days early prior to the derby So enjoy NBA talk Oh, On the heels Of a, a, a game 7 In the NBA first round, a second Game 7, joining us is uh, E-Toft Sports, Eric, our good buddy You know Eric, he talks uh, really about Everything uh, in the world of sports with us I know he's probably pumped that football's coming up soon Eric, but we have had Quite a a first round in the NBA playoffs quite a a restart with the bubble you and I talked a little bit before the playoffs start before the playoffs started and it, it has been really good basketball and i'm like sweating right now we had a, a couple really good games again today and we had this game 7 the last couple minutes the last fourth quarter uh, the fourth quarter between Oklahoma City and Houston back and forth there's so much intensity between these two teams. There's so many storylines because these guys all know each other and they've been back and forth and traded for each other. And this was this was a fun game to watch and it was intense.
1: Oh my God. It was a great game. The last two days have been good. I mean there's been a little controversy in the heat in the heat uh Bucks game, but it's been a great product overall. You can't complain.
0: Yeah. And so before, so this game seven. I mean, the one thing that was really interesting about this group of of players in particular. So we're talking about Chris Paul on the Thunder. We're talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook on uh, Houston on the Rockets. These are three players that are probably the three current best players active that don't have a ring. These are guys that have been really good and our Perennial top players MVP Candidates former MVPs But they've all had You know some playoff issues they've never Really been there they've never made It and they've never won so It's interesting when you have a series with With the all three of them in there in particular Because they're all guys who kind of have the same Thing they need to get off their back they Got to get there and win once
1: yeah They need to get over that hump so their legacy Takes that next step and Everyone always gave Harden a pass just because you could say, okay, the series against the Rockets, Chris Paul was the series against the Warriors, Chris Paul was hurt. Mm-hmm. Those seven games before, oh, it's the Warriors, the super team. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he would have lost to the Thunder tonight, that would have been a huge hit on his legacy, especially with him playing as bad as he did. And offensively,
0: Dort, he was terrible. And, he was and terrible Dort having
1: 30 points. I mean, he was bad today. I read some stat. I mean, Dort was holding him less than. I think it was like 14% on threes and 13% on twos.
0: I and, mean, he
1: played awful.
0: And he looked he, he once he he struggled early, he he started to look passive and that's what we see even with the best. And it happened with Chris Paul late. He had a turn sort of a turnover where he threw the ball away and, and even the best that have been there, Chris Paul had some of the best clutch stats all year long. Late in games, he was the best, but tonight it's a little bit different. You know, we were recording right after this OKC Houston game, and it's different when it's game seven season on the line. We've seen these guys all get tight. It was funny watching the last few minutes of the game. You know why Chris Paul, Westbrook, and Harden have all had some of their struggles when they've had to lead teams late because all three of them had some mistakes late in this game. Some bad mistakes. Some yeah.
1: real, real, just like, what are you doing mistakes? I yeah. mean, <laughs> I, I, it's just one of those things. And then I, I'm a big guy of coaching and like after timeout plays. And I've always been a Donovan guy. I really thought Donovan should have won coach of the year. Then after seeing the after timeout play design, what, what was that? I mean, like there was just all movement was funneled into one right into a crowd. I mean, I, the play design after the timeout made zero sense to me. Like, even, what are you doing then,
0: when they go Before Harden gets the block, you've got two timeouts left. This is your. This isn't normally. I'm fine with Chris Paul's got the ball in his hands. It's a little bit better sometimes to just go because you don't let the defense get a chance to set up on you. You know, you kind Mm -hmm. they're a little bit off, so you can catch them off guard. But he was going to slow the ball down all the way, sort of like he did. Anyways, you've got two timeouts. You got to call a timeout. You got to make sure you get a great shot. And then what happens is. At least leave yourself five or six seconds Because it's only a one-point game That way if you miss, you can still extend the game Give yourself an opportunity to come back I, When your season's on the line and you have two timeouts In the in in the bank like that Just like you said There were some coaching things here too That start to creep through And we, we saw that this was not necessarily the, the best coach game late And I mean
1: Donovan did the same Oh my god, I'm trying to space what game it was It was early on in the series The Rockets had a big run to start the fourth quarter It may have been game two and he just sat on his timeouts. I never understand why these coaches sit on timeouts.
0: What are you going to do I, with them? They don't roll know, over for you.
1: Use them. I know. I understand you want them at the end of the game, but you don't get like bonus points. Like use them. Get something set. Earn your paycheck. Get a design going. I mean, it was just it was just a real bad mismanaged game by both D'Antoni and Donovan.
0: So we'll talk a little bit towards the end uh, about now Houston moving on to play the Lakers in just a couple days. They'll be playing the Lakers on Friday um, in uh, the next round. But be, uh, and before we move on to really talking all about round two, generally as a fan of of you know my teams that I root for: Lakers, Dodgers, Rams, the LA teams, stuff like that. I feel bad when they lose, or some for some of the players that you know stories of. But when I watch other sports and stuff, I I generally don't feel bad when athletes lose in games because they're athletes; they know what they're in, getting in, themselves into. They get paid a ton. I genuinely felt bad for Donovan Mitchell in this series. Yeah. This guy did everything he could to try to put Utah on his back and carry them. They were missing Conley early. Then they were missing Bogdan. I mean, they were missing Bogdanovich throughout, who would have just been such a huge help for them. And then they get up. He goes ballistic in game one. The first playoff game that we had ends up going to overtime and he scores 50. And then Murray and him have this duel, this rivalry where they go back and forth. This is a rivalry that's been all the way back to college when they were they played against each other in college. And and you felt it, what a weird game seven for them. It was sort of how most Game 7s are. It was very tight. There wasn't a lot of scoring. It was like a rock fight. And it ends up being a two-point game. But Both of these Game 7s were decided by one possession.
1: And, I mean, I feel bad for Mitchell, too. I thought he played great. Um, But the one thing that stuck out to me in Game 7 is, what the hell is Jamal Murray doing? Why are you pushing the ball down the floor after Harris got that steal? I know. I mean, a lot of people are giving Craig crap for going up for the layup. But when Murray... passed him the ball. Craig had no other option. He was so deep. And honestly, in the NBA, there is no other person I want shooting a three-throw than Jamal Murray. I know. That guy is so good from the three-throw stripe. Yeah. I mean, the Nuggets were lucky to win that game. I honestly thought that shot by Conley was
0: down. Me too. And then... They come back from. We don't see it often in any sport. Some team, a team coming back from th- a three-one deficit, and this this was a series that just swung back and forth so many times. It, it, after game one, you feel like, wow, you get this big performance from Donovan, and they still can't win. So Utah probably is not going to be it. And then Utah comes back and they really kicked the crap out of Denver a few games in a row. They beat them up, and, and then the series just flips because all of a sudden Murray puts together. A three-game stretch that is literally comparable to any of, any of the best three-game stretches In the history of the playoffs in the NBA And this is a guy who has always been good and a heat-check guy But he's not a 25 or 30 points a game guy even This was just a whole nother level for Murray And he carried them, you know, to this win He carried them, he gave them the opportunity to even get there I just, and we'll talk about it in a minute I don't know if they have enough. The Clippers didn't play very well in round 1, but I don't know if they're going to have enough when they when they move on. But, but I mean I, 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 was I will impressed. give Mike
1: Malone credit because he did make an adjustment. I've mm-hmm. been hyper critical of him. Instead of running the offense through Joker, they ran it through Murray and yep. Murray came up and they got Harris back who just uplifts the defense. I mean I'll give Malone credit cuz I always looked at him as a developmental coach but he made some in-game series strategy moves that paid off for him.
0: No he did. And 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 we'll see. Now can someone in in game 7 what was what was key and what was clutch for the Nuggets too was when the focus started to get to there were there were little moments too where the focus would get on Murray, they would double Murray and you would see someone like uh, Michael Porter Jr. step up and hit big shots And he's a, he's a sort of an X factor Because he can score And offensively he is excellent But we saw in this series And we saw in some of the games in the bubble That he is so bad on the defensive end That other teams will go right at him They will attack him And if he's not giving maximum effort On the defensive end He's a real liability on the floor So he's someone that you love to to play As much as you can But when he's out there often he gets attacked
1: yeah, I mean he's just he's just bad. I mean you're yeah. they're out there with Millsap. I mean, I will I think it was God, what was it? I think it was game five. He stuck with him though. Malone mm-hmm. stuck with him and he came up with some key I wouldn't say great defensive plays, but he wasn't getting burnt and he hit yeah. some key shots. It's just I an mean, effort
0: thing. He's got yeah. the size and the ability and the speed. It's just you know, a lot of, how many of these players that you know too from from dealing with players at a young age when you're young and you're so much better than everybody else and you just score and outscore everyone you don't do you don't learn a lot of the defensive fundamentals and just a lot yeah. of fundamentals moving your feet staying in front don't reach things like that and we see even some of the best at, at the highest levels really lack some of the fundamentals
1: they just get lazy they just mm-hmm. don't they just don't will, willing to put in the work and exactly. Also another thing maybe and this is my problem with Joel Embiid is he's just not in shape mm-hmm. so he lacks on the defensive end.
0: It's and it always shows up in the second half. It's yep. it's the same thing. It's the first quarter he dominates and he comes out in the third quarter again he plays pretty well and then late they start doubling him. It, there's a, about two or three times down the court he doesn't get the ball. He starts to get a little tired and then he gets a little frustrated and then you could you could see the way his body language is He's yep. sul- you know he starts sulking. He's, he he wears it right on his face. You're you're absolutely right. And um, I mean, we we can now move on from the game sevens into round two. And let's talk about two of the series in the East. The two series in the East so far, they've both started. And the two series in the West, they're both going to start. They still have not played either either one yet. We were waiting because of the game sevens. But we start with Toronto Boston, and this one has been surprising to me. I mean, not not that Boston has, is bad But they're missing Hayward They didn't feel as deep Toronto, over the stretch in the bubble And leading into the bubble I think they were something like 30-5 and five Over the last 35 games They just didn't lose They were versatile They had different guys showing up each and every night It looked like without Kawhi they didn't skip a beat But this is where They really needed the Kawhi In these first couple games When things got tight When a couple of the some of the the role players who have maybe been a little inflated this year, when, when they struggle and they can't hit their threes, you know Kawhi's got the mid-range game. You know Kawhi's going to be able to go get you a bucket. And they haven't really been able to depend on Siakam for that.
1: I mean, when I'm looking at the series, it just comes down to a couple things. Number one, the Raptors averaged 27.8 points in fast break points, which was toward the top of the league. The Celtics only allowed 17.7 per game, which is fifth lowest in the league. Game one, the Raptors only had seven fast break points. Game two, they only had 16. They're half-court set. They have nobody that can take anybody one-on-one. Everything's pick and roll or off the mm-hmm. set plays, and that doesn't have space. That doesn't create space for one-on-one to create shots for somebody else. They have no one that can create for anybody else. And then Siakam... Boston's got four guys that can score 20 to 30 points. So Siakam can't really be hidden on defense. He's got to be engaged on someone. Yep. Have it be Tatum,
0: Brown,
1: Brown Walker, Smart, yep. whoever. I mean, every any one of those guys is capable of scoring 20 to 30 in a game. So Siakam is spending more energy on defense. And now he's just tired out. I mean, out of everyone I've seen in the bubble... Boston right now in my little in my power rankings is by far playing the best basketball.
0: Oh, absolutely, they they've been incredible, and I and I hate saying it as a Laker fan and and someone, but they they are playing when predicting you know the the series and stuff before the playoffs and looking at them and giving how you know everyone if they play at their best level. This could happen if they don't Boston really feels like the only Team that's playing at their best Level right now while a lot of The other and and I'd say maybe Miami uh, They're playing pretty well a lot of the Other top teams even the Lakers even the Clippers Definitely the Bucks they didn't play That well they got sort of Lucky in the matchups that they had because They played very depleted teams Boston has played great All throughout and the one thing about Boston too is They've got some wings. They've got some versatility. They're very well coached. I just wonder. We keep watching. They keep playing well. Um, Toronto, number one. They just didn't shoot well from three in either of these games. If they just shoot a little bit better, they win game two. And two, is somebody gonna really be able to make Boston pay for the the lack of size that they have? I mean, and,
1: I, that's in my notes. I really think they need to put Gasol in the high mm-hmm. post. Mm-hmm. And just totally run the offense through them because Williams and Thea Thea Theas, they're the weak links yep. in that defense. I and there's mean,
0: just, n- it's them and it's them two and Cantor. That's it. Yeah. You get one of those guys in foul trouble. That means you're going to need big minutes from Cantor. And then that's when he, you can really attack him on the defensive end. Cause if you have some, if you have Cantor and then Kemba in the game, then that Boston defense that's very, very good when they can hide. You know Kemba in in certain spots. That's mm-hmm. when you you can look at them and go, okay. Now there's two defensive liabilities out here. We can go at them. So yeah, they're they're a good team. They're well coached. And when Tatum continues to progress like this, he is you you. There's pressure on him because there's no Hayward around. He he needs to be this guy scoring 30 for them to keep winning these games. But he keeps doing it. I think mentally
1: wise, it's actually better that Hayward's not there because mm-hmm. then he's not looking over his shoulder. He has no pressure in the world. He just and goes. I think Hayward, like unfortunately, getting hurt and having the kid born, I think that's kind of give Kate. I'm like, hey, I don't have to worry about this guy like over my shoulder who could come in and take take my minutes, take my shots. He's got freedom just to be him, which and, I think is great for him.
0: And there's this team wasn't you you, meant, you you're right. There's really. The, he He's got the pressure, I think, on himself and and just to be the guy for the team. But there's no pressure on him and them winning right now. They're really not they're not supposed to be in this situation where they're looking like the best team in basketball right now. And so it's it's icing on the cake everything that comes from here. They're not going to stop playing, but they're they're very happy about where they are. And like you it's just it's different than when you're a team. I don't know, like the Lakers, the Clippers or the Bucks, where there's a little bit of pressure on you getting there, at least. You know, you're supposed to be there. And if you don't get there, everybody's going to raise some eyebrows. Boston is, is just playing some damn good basketball right now. This, I mean, Game Three is obviously going to be be really huge. I expect. And they're shooting well too. Yeah, they're shoot. They're they're just you know Williams is giving them good minutes, like you said. I think they just need to get. Toronto has to use their versatility a little bit more. They, yeah. like you said, they're they're kind of forcing it through the guards and trying to force it in through the wings, and that's where Boston is good. Yep, you got to go yep. down low and attack them down low.
1: Yep, exactly. You got to yep. get Gasol. He's got to. You got to facilitate everything through him.
0: So Toronto is down two games to nothing in this Boston series with two three. Got to think this game three is huge. Have to imagine Toronto is going to come out really, really firing uh, and, and try to get this one back because going down three games to none, they would be in some trouble. Let's uh, let's stay over in the East and. Uh, another team who's playing really, really good, and it, it's it was hard to get a, a feel for how good Miami was playing because in round one they played against an Indiana Pacers team who just didn't really have enough. You know they were missing Sabonis, uh, Oladipo was still kind of banged up, he wasn't quite himself, and they they just weren't really deep enough to compete with Miami. So it was hard to to, to for me to get a feel for them, but they've showed they're not scared of the Bucks. This team isn't. They, they're very well balanced I like the build of this team they, they have a good chemistry to them They shoot the ball well They play good defense They have a couple different different guys That can, can get them a big shot late And can close, maybe Drogic But Jimmy Butler we know can do that They play some D I, I liked a lot of things about this team
1: I mean, basketball is all about matchups And with the way the Bucks play About crashing and protecting the lane they just leave the three points. They, they give you the three pointers and Miami, like you said, they can shoot the ball. Um, they have no real weakness in their rotation and Butler part of being, like you said, a good team is putting pieces around your superstar. Mm-hmm. The pieces they have around Butler are perfect. Butler Struggled in Minnesota and struggled in Philadelphia because he had those guys who were, quote-unquote, top guys coming out. Towns, Embiid, Simmons, and uh, Wiggins. Now he's got these young guys who've always been told, like, they weren't good enough and need to work harder. None. Duncan Robinson. Hero. Hero. Yep, and then you throw in Dragic, who I Drogic, who I feel is one of the most underrated guys in the game.
0: Absolutely, I wanted I, the Lakers to get him. You know, there were like talks because nobody knew what Miami was going to do, and then they got Butler, and and they weren't sure. And I thought people talked about him being someone that that was you know maybe uh, up for grabs. He is. People forget how good he is and how late in the game he can just go get to the rack, get you a bucket, just make
1: a play, and not turn the ball over, make a smart decision. I mean, you watched that game last. It was earlier today. I mean, anytime the Bucks were making a run, there'd be a, just a ridiculous turnover—a turnover that championship teams mm-hmm. don't make. Yep. And then you have someone like Goran in the backcourt; he's not going to make a silly mistake. He's going to play poise and under control. And you get someone like Bledsoe; he's just, or even Giannis. Sometimes his body is— their bodies are going faster than their mind is working, and it's just mm-hmm. a silly mistake. And yep. I mean. I, I mean, the end of the game was wild. I mean, I didn't think that it was a foul on him on the Middleton three, and I didn't think it was a foul on Giannis at the end. But no, I mean, that's a hard, the, that's
0: hard to yeah. call at that play yeah. point too. That's we we see a lot of that. They we they they rarely make that call, which I I was surprised they did.
1: I mean, on both players, like I didn't yeah. think it was a foul on Gorn. I didn't. You so, saw. No. I mean, it was just a it was just a funky thing. But I mean, the Heat are shooting great, and it's the same thing that happened um, last year against the Raptors. Bucks give you the threes because they don't want anyone to crash in, and if you make them, you're gonna you're you're gonna beat them. And there's last te- year the Raptors like, got hot. This year, like the Heat are hot.
0: That's what's so funny about how good the Bucks were for a lot of this year because and and some of it has to do with regular season and how people and, and how the intensity turns up and changes once the the playoff time comes. But they were so there. There's a template to beat them. They're, they're going to be a good team always because most times. There's nobody on the floor that can guard Giannis. And if you don't have a good coaching staff and a good scheme, and it's it's different in a series too, right? When you catch Giannis on one night and you you just come in from playing like uh the Spurs and then the next night you, you catch Giannis and he's flying by you with that size and speed, you're you're caught off guard. But when you catch him seven games in a row and you get a little bit used to it, that's when you can start to build. And that's where he where he gets he's a a superstar and one of the absolute best But he still has a lot to prove As far as his free throws and his shooting He becomes a little bit more Defendable than someone like You know, look at the Lakers, look at the Clippers Like a Kawhi, look at a LeBron Who who can stretch out and hit the three Or, or a Davis who can do that Look at, you know, who, any of the players who can, Harden, obviously, who can go inside-outside With Giannis, he still has to Prove that when things get tight
1: I mean, my thing with Giannis And like, I Tweeted this out way back when in the Raptors series last year. Everyone said the three, the three pointer. I always said the three throws. He's so big and so physical. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get hacked. He's gonna go to the line. And if I mean, I could be off here because I wasn't that old when Shaq was playing, but I remember Shaq in crunch time. He would make his three throws.
0: All of them. He used to say, it. "When the game is on the line, I'll make the free throws." He would yeah. say it.
1: He was the clown and, I mean, and he did. And, and, I mean, he shot 50%, and he would make them in clutch time. He did. So, I, I, that's the one thing. Like, he needs to get in there. And, granted, tonight he was 6 for 8, but he needs to be consistent. Over time and, and with that him.
0: needs to be double Digits every night for him yeah because He's not a good enough three-point Shooter for it not to be like he has to Be attacking you all the time because There's nobody even when you're scheming Him and doubling and tripling him There's no you're still gonna be off Balance and he's still so big and strong And quick he's gonna get by you but it Reminds me a lot of how LeBron gets late In game sometimes because what ends up Happening is they have a game where they Miss some free throws early and then it Gets in the fourth quarter early in the Fourth quarter and they they go one they 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 get to the line and then they go one for two and then they get to the line again and they go oh for two and now they're one for four and then they get it starts to get in their head a little bit yes. we're human you can you can't not think about it a little bit and you see sometimes lebron and now giannis does this because he's not as great, good a free throw shooter either as some of the the big stars are late in game and they get a little self-conscious Do I want to get fouled and go to the line again And have to shoot two, I've just been struggling there Should I maybe just take this mid-range jumper Or settle for a three And yeah, that's just He can work on it and work on it and work on it But it has to be there In these big games when they need it Because the Bucks are only The Lakers, like some, like the Clippers could maybe Have a game where Kawhi doesn't play well And the rest of their team shows up The Heat can, can have, they've seen it they, We can have games where Butler doesn't play well Or one of their stars doesn't that really can't happen for Milwaukee in the playoffs. If Giannis is not playing well, they just are not going to win.
1: And I mean, I this is I really feel the shutdown. Like they were playing at such a high level, and the time away has just ruined them mm-hmm. mentally. Just because they're like they can't get it back. Yeah. And I for mean, then whatever they start it is. overthinking, they start pressing. Their defense I mean, isn't the
0: same. It's I a. Mean, it's just everything. And
1: I. Part of me, like, I'm watching this game today, and I'm just like, the Heat are better constructed around Jimmy Butler than the Bucks are better constructed around Giannis, which yes. kind of blows my mind and shows you, like, truly how good Pat Riley is mm-hmm. at constructing a team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, as a Bucks guy, because I live close to Milwaukee, it is insanely frustrating. And, and, and I'm, I'm worried he's going to leave now.
0: And it's, like, it's impressive for Miami, all of these... When you look down I mean you 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 mean you talk about Robinson and Nunn and all the contributions They've got from people this year that you probably Wouldn't have penciled in and then it's even You know someone like Olinnick Who's hitting a big shot for them late in the game Again you forget that he's even there Jones Jr. steps in And he has a little spurt where he Helps him get a couple buckets and, and You know kind of keep it Keep him in the game or just like you said when Milwaukee Makes a run he comes out of nowhere And sustains it they we thought About Milwaukee you know Everyone you look at the NBA would always talk about Milwaukee being a deep team and all their Numbers this year on and off when Giannis was Off the court they were still excellent they were Really good even without him but when You just look at Roster for roster and it's The Clippers when they're healthy they're right There but when you're getting That from you know A nun of Robinson uh, uh, Jones Jr. and Olinic, When you're getting v- something from Them in addition to Everybody else that you already know what You're going to get from an add a bio A dragage, a Butler night in Night out it's That is a deep deep team
1: And I mean everyone focused On the trade for Iggy I mean Crowder came along in that trade and he's been Great points I mean he's He's put it in 30 minutes hustle Plays take charges he knocked down four threes today. He will. He can guard multiple positions. I mean, him, them picking up Crowder is pushing them further than Iggy ever is going to this season. I mean, with the what he's able to do on the
0: court. Completely agree. He he. It, you, you people focus on Iggy because he's the one that's been there and done it before. But Crowder for this team has done more. He really has, he was great down the stretch Even when Iggy wasn't playing and still getting himself Back into to shape, and then after the Season, st- the restart, back up He has just been good, you throw him at Giannis He's versatile, he, he Yeah, he's just, he's a guy you want On your roster, he's one of those really Nice, like, 6th or 7th Best players on your team that just does so Much for you, and this They're in some trouble right now Oh yeah, I, I'm man.
1: legitimately worried and They're I mean, in the some trouble that, The thing about Crowder is, and I mean, I think hypothetically, let's say Butler has a hard foul. He drives to the lane, has a hard foul. The next time down, if Middleton and Giannis go to the lane, Crowder's gonna hit him. And I mean, you saw in the Mavericks Clippers series, Mavericks don't have a guy like that because Luca is gonna beat up. They had no one to to like give a hard follow to Klo- mm-hmm. to Kly. I mean, mm-hmm. that just little thing that Crowder is able to do. Is just huge. And I mean he just brings so much to the table, and he's just really underlooked in my eyes.
0: And we move on now to the west. So yeah, in the east, both of the underdog teams are up 2-0 on the you know the, the teams that people would have assumed Toronto and Milwaukee were probably gonna be uh, be hooking up in the Eastern Conference Final. They are both in some trouble right now. We move to the West. Let's talk Lakers Houston first, the one seed Lakers you know they they didn't really play it, it was hard to get a, to to judge them in in what they were doing in the bubble because they clinched so early that all of their games were pretty meaningless it, it, you know the last 6 or 7 games they played so they were sort of feeling trying things out getting rotations but all along they didn't shoot very well uh, at and they still really haven't continued to shoot well the one thing that's been nice for the lakers all along even the game that they lost in game 1 they've been playing really well on the defensive end. And so even when they don't shoot well, the one thing that when you have combinations of Danny Green and and uh, KCP and Caruso, they're pretty solid defensively. They're gonna at least give you good effort on that side of the ball. You pair them with A D and LeBron, and then you have, you know, Dwight or JaVale in there sometimes. Kuzma's become a much better defender. So now the Lakers have as a fan, I feel pretty confident that most nights I'm going to get a good defensive effort from them, and that's what we saw. They just—it's hard to, to judge, right? They played a a Portland team that was so gassed; they were tired. Nurkic was out out of it. Vertebrae broken in the back of CJ McCollum. Uh, Tr- Trent—you could just tell—he was gassed. And then Lilliard ends up getting hurt and and missing, you know, the the last game and a half towards the end. He hurt his finger, and, and then he ends up, you know, having to leave the bubble. So. I think it's hard to use the series as a gauge for the Lakers. Other than I like how their defense played.
1: I mean, their defense played great. I mean, Portland, you hit on the head. They were gassed. They went through so much, but Portland never was a great quote unquote defensive team. No. So, I mean, like, I really feel like when people are looking at this series, like we always have a habit of getting caught up in the now mm-hmm. instead of looking at the big picture and big picture, Portland can't defend. I mean, and I we're really, going to ever be able to match up. Yeah. I didn't think the Lakers were in trouble at all in that series. Um, I know, like, during the season, though, and, I mean, you've watched more Lakers games than I have, the unorthodox lineups, that's what I've seen that the Lakers have struggled with. So, I mean, the small ball that the Rockets play could be interesting, but, I mean, I just don't, I'm, like, playing around with it in my head when I was watching the game, and I just really just don't see, like, you know, who who's gonna guard AD
0: in a AD series Pousser, seven times
1: Covington? You know what I mean. Like seven times. Just put him just put him down low. I, who's gonna keep Howard and um, JaVale McGee off the boards? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much through a series, through a whole seven game series. Yeah, the Rockets may win a game, maybe two, but mm-hmm. I mean, in my head, I, as I'm playing through it, I mean, I have this five one like five one four one Lakers. I. I think the Lakers do need Kuzma to step up a little yep. bit and be that other guy that can create and get people involved, but I just don't think the Rockets over a 17 series are going to push them enough where they are in trouble.
0: Yeah, this this is another one of those teams where in the middle of the season, they they caught the Lakers a couple different times off guard where, you know, they're so non-traditional and they shoot so many threes that they're always going to shoot themselves into a win or two, but they're going to shoot themselves out of a couple and just like you said, I don't know how they stop AD over and over and over again. I just can't see it going on. And then in some of the lineups where you know they'll try to stretch the Lakers out a little bit, but AD isn't exactly slow. He can get out to the perimeter if he has to. Dwight yep. is Dwight. You know, we'll see if Dwight and Javale, how much and how they match up, and and who can win. If they, is Houston going to be able to win going smaller a little bit, while the Lakers try to go bigger. I just, I'm with you. I think. It'll be fun. Houston will will you know put up a good fight. They'll have they'll win a couple games. I the the AD thing is just a factor for me. I just can't see them slowing him down. And and Westbrook, he played well tonight. He plays well generally against the Lakers. Is he how healthy is he? What version of him are we going to get? We saw him lose a game or two for Houston yep. in this series.
1: Yeah, game six. I mean, he was he made what two or three just awful okay. passes down the. Down the stretch with some turnovers. Even today, he had a great take to the hole, and he missed a layup. You know, I mean, there is just like just he he hasn't proven in clutch that he can be that guy to finish the game. No, like like a Jimmy Butler has. And
0: and I'm a little worried. Like with with the Rockets, we're seeing you know big big contributions from Jeff Green, House. Uh, who's, who's good you know salt House has been solid but McLemore Players who have really drifted around And they you can get hot And play good for stretches of, of a time But I don't know when, when it gets a little Tighter you get deeper in the playoffs These shots are bigger is Jeff Green Going to be there every night for them when they need him You know can you yeah. count on that Th- That's the the kind of thing I'm, I'm I just don't I do think you're going to have Harden Win you a game or two and you'll probably have Russ win you a game So I, I think it's like I probably think 4-2 I would say Um and the one the one thing that might be, you know, if I was playing this game in in or this series, looking at game one, it, are you going to get it where Houston is tired from going a, a long seven game series where you know they had to battle toward all toward the very end and it was back and forth and this and that, or you know the Lakers have played like one game in the last ten days.
1: I know, I know. For me, betting wise, and I do this in NHL playoffs too. If a team is coming off a very competitive series, a series that goes deep, versus a team that has been resting, I'll take the team that's been engaged.
0: Me too, especially game one. Especially game one. Maybe late, and that's where they could maybe catch him because if if the first half the Lakers are just a little sloppy, going through the motions. Because remember, they had the situation where I think it was Tuesday they were going to play, and then they had the boycott. Or, yeah. So so there were a few extra days Before the Lakers end up playing I think their game got rescheduled for Saturday So yeah. they end up playing on Saturday They clinch on Saturday Now they don't play again until Friday So that's, yeah. a, that's a lot of time With just one game And we're talking about a team who Before this round of the playoffs Was not really playing in very meaningful games For a week or two So um th- yeah I-, I think Game one might be a game where I, I would not be shocked if Houston Stole that game because they're in the flow a little bit more than the Lakers are right now.
1: Yeah, they're more engaged. I mean, mm-hmm. I have my book open right now, and I have two of them open, and there's no line yet for that game. So, okay. I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to be looking at the Rockets in that game, but I just don't overall. Like, I agree.
0: I series wise, think, yeah, I can't see it. I think it's six. You know, six, maybe, maybe, maybe six. So, um, let's get to the final series to talk about Clippers and the the Nuggets. So, the two and the three in the West. And I will say, you know, the we talked about the Nuggets, now impressive Murray was And uh, th- what's nice for the Nuggets is they were able to get Gary Harris back And that helps them just getting another body defensively to throw at a, a Kawhi or a Paul George Or, um, you know, someone on, on one of the bodies on the Clippers The Clippers did not play very well in round one And they should play a lot better now because they were one of the teams that had a lot of things going on in the bubble. A lot of players in and out. I think you know Shamit and Zubat at the beginning got there late. Uh, Trez went in and out. Lou Williams went in and out. Then Beverly got hurt. He missed a couple of games. That's a lot of players in their rotation that were back and forth in and out. Um, so they they don't they didn't feel like they had a whole lot of flow. They they. I want to say got lucky. I still think they probably would have won the series no matter what. But when you don't have to worry about Porzingis, who gets thrown out of one game and then he gets hurt and he misses the rest of the series, they didn't really have. Dallas had no shot is the best way to put it.
1: I mean, Dallas legitimately, if Porzingis doesn't get thrown out in game one, I think they would have been up three
0: one. They might have been. They sure would. they they really would have been. I they, mean, it, I it, think it could have been. They, they could yep. have been ripe to be upset because of all those things. Are the Clippers a better team? Are they deeper? Absolutely. But other than Kawhi, they were not playing nearly at the level that they've earned a reputation uh, of, you know, because they're so deep and they're so good on paper.
1: And I mean, the, for me, I'm looking at this series and maybe it's just me talking myself into it because I have the Nuggets future. But I think this series is going to be more competitive than people do.
0: Beverly to do too.
1: isn't a hundred percent, and he's the the head of the snake on the defense. If he's not a hundred percent, um, who's going to guard Murray?
0: Who's going to get Murray off of his game? And the key, and for me, is Jokic. Yeah, the, the Clippers then, who, size wise, Zubak is, is is fine. He's a very so, like solid, serviceable big man. But he he's not going to be able to really guard Jokic, and if you get him. In a little foul trouble It's Trez trying to guard Jokic And he can just shoot right over you Pass right over you And really orchestrate the offense If if that's the case
1: And the other thing is is When Joker comes out Zubrick's going to have to go out and guard him That's Mm going to open up Offensive rebounds for Grant For Millsap, for Porter I mean, I really think that This is, Denver is athletic And they have some guys that athletically can stay with the Clippers. If I'm alone, what I would do on the defensive end is I would just say, hey, Leonard's going to get his 35, and I'm fine with that. But anytime Paul George has the ball, I'm going to blitz him with whoever's guarding Reggie Jackson or Patrick Beverly. And I'm going to sit back and say, hey, if, Richard, if Reggie Jackson – or Patrick Beverly Beaney, beat me. I'm fine. I'm that's,
0: fine. That's a great. That's a great point. Because Ka- Kawhi is another one too, where he's become more of a facilitator. But Kawhi, he he's like you said, if he gets his 30-35 that's not going to hurt you as much as as another guy who can you know get you get have fifteen assists and get everybody involved and really attack. Like Kawhi will just ha- quietly hit the, those mid range. He'll hit a he'll hit some threes and he'll he'll you know he'll get he'll get his. But Paul George, we've seen when when things get tight, when there's a little bit of pressure, he can curl up in a little bit of a ball. And I don't real, I don't know if I trust Morris, who he you know took some cheap shots at Luca. He could get thrown out of a game at any point. And Lou, let, their depth though, I mean when you when they're able to bring in Lou and if Trez is healthy, they can really throw many options at you. But I am in agreement with you in that I think. The joke. The, when I look at this, the Jokic, Jokic is the key. He, if, yeah. if he can dominate like we've seen him dominate in playoff series, this thing is going to go six or seven. If he struggles and he's not a difference maker in here, then then the Clippers could could probably get through this roll. quickly. But I
1: just, I mean, I just think he's. I think he is so good. He is so in shape, unlike Embiid, where he's not going to get tired. You got Murray that's playing at an insane level. And they also got Gary Harris back. And Gary Harris is a, one of the most underrated two, two-way players in the game. He was the one who knocked the ball away from Mitchell, and Mitchell drove at the end of the game. He was the one that started that play on that fast break when Murray didn't pull the ball out. So that you can roll Murray, Grant, and Craig between George and, uh, and Leonard. And, I mean, I would just double George and make him try to pass the ball and, like, see what happens. I mean, that, to me, that's the blueprint of beating the Clippers. Make mm-hmm. Paul George facilitate, and then make the other guys, Beverly, like even Morris Jackson, yep. make them make the shots. Mm-hmm. Make the other guys be you because honestly, like, who else is gonna? Who else is? Con- are you confident in scoring? Like and, Lou Williams? Yeah, I'll give you and, Lou Williams. And, and it's hard. It's else?
0: hard late in games because if you've got Lou in the game, that means you don't have. You probably don't have a Shamit or a Beverly who is going to help you play better defense on Murray. So if Lou is in the game late and and he's, he's cooking on offense, that's fine. But you're going to be giving up a ton there defensively. If Murray could go right at him and try to attack him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just such a good matchup for me. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like rivers is a little overrated as a coach. I mean, I will give him credit. I thought in the Dallas series, he made a great adjustment in game five where he put Paul George on Luca so that way George was engaged on the defensive end And he gave him some early looks to kind of get him going for the next two games But,
0: I mean It's funny, he, he did one of his better jobs ever last year Yeah With that yeah. Clippers squad that wasn't really They had Harris and Gallinari, you know, for a little while And they were, they and before, they didn't really have any big star And they, they really played hard it was a t- Nobody expected them to even make the playoffs And they, and they, they were sort of overachieved But it seems like when he has the teams that are supposed to win you would, ex- you would have expected him to do maybe a little bit more With Boston Didn't yep. really do a whole lot with the better Clippers You know, with the, a pretty good Clippers CP3 Jordan, and Blake Yeah mm-hmm. So this, this is a, a big A big series for, for him And I mean it, we're all seeing, and especially me being in LA, the series that everybody was talking about at the very beginning of the year when these teams made the trades. When Kawhi decided that he was going to pick the Clippers over the Lakers. When the, you know when Paul George came from OKC, Paul George shunned the Lakers too last year. So there's a ton between those two. The only thing that would you know we're obviously those, that we're getting ahead of ourselves just saying that that if it were to happen, the only thing that would sort of take a little bit of out of that if it were to happen was the fun part of that would be, would be that every game would be in staples and that wouldn't be the case here
1: i know and the lakers would have a huge advantage
0: mm-hmm. huge a huge advantage. advantage
1: and i mean you brought up like speaking of the bubble like it eliminates the travel the hotel mm-hmm. and it's just basketball so i really feel like when you have eliminated all the external stuff like the travel and whatnot. The the holes that these teams have are even more glaring. Yeah, that makes sense. No, they are. Everything's just sticking out more. You can see the hole. Can't hide it. When you go home,
0: there's the energy. You get a little energy in Game Three, right? You you get down 0-2, but then you go home and there's that there's that built-in momentum into the series where teams go back and forth. Always, you know that this is going to be a turning point, right? When they go here, and that just has that's not the case. So I'm.
1: if the Bucks were home tonight at Pfizer, they totally would have won that
0: game. I agree, Completely with the
1: energy in that stadium, they totally would have won that game. But they just wasn't. They don't have it.
0: You could feel it in certain games where teams come back, or the way their ba- the way the shape of the game is that if that was at at one arena or the other, the home team would definitely have won that. And I felt that even with the, one of the game, the game the Lakers lost to Portland, where they came all the way, they were down, they were getting crushed, then they came all the way back, they take a lead. And if that was at Staples and you come back from down like 15 and you take a lead and you're up five or six, you just you win that. Staples are
1: in the rocket. You win
0: that game. The energy picks you up. You don't get a little bit flat when you come back out after a timeout. You know, and it doesn't feel as much like a pickup game where you're just kind of play, 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 play. play. And uh, no, some some really good points. And
1: and then the flip side of that, like if I'm on the Blazers and I come out of the timeout and Staples is rocking, that puts more perceived pressure on me. To execute, so I yep. mean it. Ju- it affects that
0: too. Yep. So, can you believe we're uh, as I said we recorded this just uh, on Wednesday night after the OKC Houston game seven, and can you believe we are one week out from football?
1: I mean, it is <laughs> absolutely insane. I it had just my crept first- up. I know, I had my first fantasy draft the other night I mean, I am can't believe it's like right around the corner And I mean, college football starts tomorrow With Southern Miss and South yeah. Alabama
0: Yeah, so in, in a weird year One one that we will always uh, remember In a sad year, in a struggling year, in a tough year But um, at this point, we're going to have a in, in a week, we're going to be in a situation Where we've got, you know, baseball, basketball and football and college football all going on at the same time which I is, mean you is, got
1: hockey, hockey you're going to have the throw- second second round of the US Open tennis tournament
0: we're you know the derby's coming up this weekend yeah. you, you know you and I are talking basketball on this on the the show that's going to be the derby uh, preview show where I go through the whole Churchill card for Saturday and the Oaks is on Friday so just a ton going on in the world of sports i look uh Forward to calling on you to bring You back to, to talk a, a couple uh, some Weeks before the, uh, the Sunday we can preview the, the games each week and give some of the, the, the plays that we have
1: Oh, Sounds good anytime you need me just let me know man
0: So let's, uh, let's give like a quick overall Eastern Conference both Of the favorites are down 0-2 So give me uh, your thoughts What happens in the Boston Toronto Series what happens in the Milwaukee uh, Miami series
1: I think Celtics end up winning that series 4-1. I'll probably bet uh, I'm actually going to put it in right now. I'm going to take the Raptors minus one tomorrow. Um, I think they win that game, and then the Celtics win the next two. I don't know. Maybe the homer in me, I mean, I know only 7% of the teams that go down 0-2 win it. It's just... I don't know. I mean, I really think Giannis is such a hard worker. He's going to battle back, and I think this is going to go seven. But I think that he are going to end up winning in Game Seven.
0: Yeah, they're going to fire back a little bit. They just Milwaukee doesn't feel like they've played well yet. You're going to get a game or two where they play well and win. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I think they'll both go long. I think I, I think I have a little more faith in Toronto than you. I actually think that one might go seven. But I will mm-hmm. say, you know, I've been against Boston quite a bit. This version of Tatum makes them a different team. He he is one of the better players in the league when he's playing this way, and he plays both you know both sides of the ball. And he has just been incredible. He he really has. So uh, I got to give it up to uh, to the Celtics. They've been so impressive so far. And then over in the uh, the West, do either of the lower seeded teams have the opportunity to upset the Lakers or the Clippers?
1: I mean, I think the Lakers four games to one. I think I could easily see the Nuggets beating the um, Clippers. I have not been impressed at all with the Clippers. And also the Nuggets basically just played three game sevens in a row. Yep. And I really feel like Murray last year in game seven against Portland, he played an awful game. And he didn't play his best game yesterday. But I really feel like mentally-wise, just getting over that hump is going to help that young kid more than anything. And I could see him, where him and Joker and Porter gets hot in a game, and they make it. They they have. I think, have a I couple think X Denver's factors. really under the. I think Denver, like when I'm playing in my head, I think Denver could even get the Lakers a problem just because of Joker of Murray.
0: Well, and and and, and MP, MPJ is a total is a wild card. Yeah. These teams didn't didn't really have to deal with him in the season when they matched up. So we we can't really. Quite get a feel for how they're going to match up until we see a game or two out there, and if he is able to establish himself as a as a big part of this series, if he's just a sieve on the defensive end, and if they, you know if Paul George or whoever he's matched up with is just able to go right at him and attack him, then then I he's think like the, yeah. the Denver that we've seen in previous years without the addition of an MPJ, I don't think they could get by the Lakers or the Clippers. But if they have Someone like him being that X factor. That's where this is a Denver team that we may not know.
1: And I mean, the longer it goes, I'm hearing that, that will Barton may come back. Yes. So I mean, the longer it goes, then you add him. Who's by far their best defender,
0: another wing.
1: I mean, I, and you throw him with Grant Harris, all the wings they have. I mean, they just have a bunch of athletic dudes and that's just another team that has young guys built around their stars. It's just built great.
0: Eric let the folks know where can we follow you On social media you do a great job out There on Twitter on Instagram You have a podcast that you put out sometime you Give out a bunch of different sports Plays you give out your thoughts you know When you're watching big games and stuff really Good follow
1: uh, You can follow me at etoff21sports On Twitter and Instagram like you said I Like give all my bets for the day Like my thoughts what I'm thinking I'm also going to put out a draft guide I think Tomorrow where I have like my rankings of the Guys yes. and like my sleepers, guys I like, guys I don't like. Since you and I are in a league together, feel free not to look at it.
0: I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to do a little segment, I think, just like a quick one, sort of like you are, where I, I just give a few thoughts here and there on some positions. But that is always ends up happening. Some of my friends listen to it, and then they laugh, and they text me right after they pick the person and said, oh, yeah, you didn't want that person. You didn't want them, huh? I said, oh, yeah, thanks. Oh, thanks, I so. know. The
1: auction when <laughs> I was in, everyone follows me on Instagram and, they see, and Twitter. They see all the Cam Akers love I have. <laughs> And they're just <laughs> driving up the price of Cam Akers in the auction draft. <laughs> just I'm like, to make you on. laugh. Yeah, oh, just, to, just to piss me off.
0: So. Oh, that's great. But man. Man, I always appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun over the last year, year and a half or so, uh, getting to know you really well. You helped me out so much with a lot of the content that we, uh, we were able to, to crank out for all sorts of different sports. And I, I really appreciate it. And uh, with football coming up, I'm going to be milking you a ton soon.
1: All right. Sounds good, man.
0: Okay, buddy, you have a great night, and I know you're on the East Coast, so thanks for staying up so late with me.
1: Oh, no problem. Anytime,
0: man. Okay. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with plenty more on That's What G Said. Love talking sports with Eric, and you'll hear him plenty when we discuss NFL. He is a really sharp gambler and loves to play fantasy. You can hear when he talks. He likes to watch sports. He really knows what he's talking about. Great follow there, and we'll always appreciate his insight here on That's What G Said. Well we move along from NBA Into horse racing And now it's going to be a long journey Starting with race number one We're going to kick things off at Churchill Four different guests coming up To go over the Churchill Downs card For Saturday, September the 5th We kick it off with Barry Spears And we're going to talk about races One, two, three And then his thoughts on the Kentucky Derby Get those past performances out We can follow along starting with race number one on Saturday Oh it is the Kentucky Derby extravaganza show And we're not just going to uh, cover the Kentucky Derby here We'll have four different folks joining me And covering the Derby Giving some of their thoughts on the Derby We're going to go through every race on the undercard Broken up into different little sections. The leadoff hitter joining me to talk about races one, two, three, and then give some thoughts on the Derby. And, and Barry, what a weird freaking year when it's uh, September. We're going to be talking about the Derby. There's the NBA playoffs going on, baseball's going on, football's getting ready, all in September. Just a uh, not your normal twenty 20- year of twenty twenty, huh?
2: No, man, it's it's so bizarre, um, but it's fun you it know at least everything's back up and kind mm-hmm. of going and and trying to get into some normalcy so yep. even even the derby itself like at churchill it's been raining the
0: last couple of days in the morning, <laughs> it feels <so>. feels normal <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> it feels like derby week right, <laughs> right? so uh yeah then the uh, we have just so much going on from Friday to Saturday with the Oaks, and then to all the undercard with the Derby, and we get um, a bunch of really cool stakes races on the undercard. You and I are going to talk about the first few. We don't have any stakes races to talk about, but we do have a couple interesting races, and like always, uh, you know, kicking off the card kicks off a lot of those early exotics, so – Let's jump right into it Those of you following along Get your past performances out We're looking at Churchill Downs We're looking at Saturday And it's a Saturday, September the 5th Let's go to race number one So uh, the one thing you notice too, Barry, when you're looking over these couple of days, Churchill really uh, bumped the purses for a lot of the races, even the non-stakes races. We see allowance races and maiden special weights that are worth hundred thousand dollars, and here's one that's a, uh, you know, in a, an optional claiming race worth the purse over a hundred thousand.
2: Yeah, I, I I noticed that. That's that's really big. I mean, it's just too bad, you know, with COVID and everything, you couldn't get all the jockeys in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I, I, I anticipate some really good racing I know yesterday, which was Wednesday, um, was very good So yep, I, I expect it to continue
0: Okay, let's get into, uh, into this first So we just have a, a short field uh, r- right away But, I mean, you can make cases for any There's not going to be any of these horses that are going to be a, a, a hopeless long shot in here by any means I think when I look at small fields like this a lot of time Immediately I'm going to look at how is this race going to shape up from a pace perspective? Th- there's not really like need the lead speed types in here. I, maybe the two inside horses you'd imagine are going to be close. Um, who are you looking to uh, to kick things off?
2: Um, I, I landed on home base, the one, yep. Yep. Um, just only because of a matter of consistency. Um, seems to be you know uh, fast enough to get to the lead here mm-hmm. uh, from the rail is is not. Uh, you know, a a bad thing. And the other horse I I did take a look at who is the morning line favorite seven trumpets, but it's just been so wildly consistent that he, he just hasn't kind of evened out. He is dropping in class slightly, I guess, but um, I just felt that home base could be the controlling pace here. Um, The mystery horse obviously would be the four midnight sands. I mean, he he could be any kind. His time form ratings overseas were pretty good. Um, on that dirt track at Maidan, um, but I, I just expect that horse not to break as fast mm-hmm. as as the other two or the inside horses. And then Hog Creek Hustle, I, I just don't know what kind of is going on with that horse. He, he kind of runs well, but never wins.
0: <laughs> he, and he, you know what he he needs a, he needs a bigger field. It's it sounds funny, but because of his running style. He needs, the, he needs there to be a quicker pace He needs there to be a lot going on up front So he can drop back and make his late rally In a short field like this I think he's going to be up against it You you sort of hit the nail on the head with the one Home base, he just looks quick enough To be able to get the lead from the rail There's not a lot of other speed Sometimes I don't like the rail If it's a horse that kind of has an in-between Running style where they don't have a ton of speed And they maybe want to sit Because then they end up getting sho- like Sitting just off and then they get shuffled back he. This might be a blessing in disguise kind of thing They're probably looking at this going Okay, yeah, we have to get aggressive now We've got the rail, we're probably the quickest anyways Let's just get aggressive and try to open up early So for me, it's home base that I will be starting with for sure You also mentioned the total wildcard, Midnight Sands You know, going back and watching a couple of his races too It's just, it's so hard to 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 figure how this horse and these races will stack up with a sprint race in, in you know the US Here and so I, he's a Wild card I, I wouldn't talk you off Using him in a few spots maybe Bourbon resolution uh, you know if you, if you excuse the grass race and you look Back those race the race at Keeneland The race at Churchill prior to that aren't bad And he might be able to fall into a spot He might just be sitting behind the, uh, the One and if the two tries to press the one The bourbon resolution could kind of fall Into the spot there but I think we're Both kind of in agreement that home base is Probably the one they're going to have to catch here Yep, absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean Bourbon Resolution is is a pretty good horse. I just mm-hmm. don't think he's a
0: sprint type. Me neither. <laughs> he's he and he, he even he just even when it, we watch his longer races, he just looks like you got to kind of get into him and ride him a little bit to keep up. And I don't know if that's going to be good in, in in a small field like this. So I'm with you. It's you know a lot of times. As much as we're looking at who we like We're also eliminating horses You know at the same time Especially in a small field like this so We look at Hog Creek Hustle and go Yeah it probably doesn't shape up for him all that well You look at um, you, Like you said Bourbon Resolution I don't know if this is really the trip that he wants Then we have another the four who's sort of a wild card The two's been up and down And by process elimination You sort of get to the one who's just been the most consistent And probably gets the lead Right.
2: And and, you know, I always say this and and, and people kind of look at me funny, but uh, eliminating contenders or, or eliminating horses that that can't win or you don't think can win is an underrated skill as far as handicap.
0: Absolutely. Goes. It's a major skill for sure, especially it's this day and age, too, you know, because w- so many of us play. Pick fours and pick fives and, and those Kind of exotics that you have to be Able to you know you can't just Go favorite 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 every Race all the way down you have to be able to pick And choose races some races you got to Take a stand and say I don't like this horse I don't like this group of horses Whatever it is and we yeah We just we have to be a little bit more bold Sometimes in our handicapping and That's and a, it's a really good point and so small Field but it's still an interesting group to kick off The Saturday at uh, Derby Day card at Churchill Let's move on to race number two. We've got a group of maiden special weights in here. They're going to go six for long. So who are some of the horses you look at to start with?
2: Um, well, I'll, I'll start with the horses that have run. Um, I, I thought number one, Thrill Ride, you know, has every right to improve mm-hmm. off of that trip at Gulfstream. Um, funny enough, I, I don't see too many Gulfstream, the Churchill <laughs> winners. Yeah. Um, at least not first time out. So that kind of shied me away from that horse. Although, you know, Ian Wilkes is is very good, uh, usually second time off the layoff. Mm -hmm. Um, He's been training well. He looks the part out of Candy Ride, uh, you know, probably would like to go longer, I would assume, even based off his first uh, race. So at five to two, probably around first, second favorite, I, I just didn't think. Um, I could land on a horse like that in a race like this. And if he did, if he does win, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Um, and then the far outside horse, uh, Kadri um, definitely ran pretty good at Indiana in the mud. Um, seemed to ha- like kind of want to need a race there. And, and, and he's definitely another one uh, that, that has every right to improve. Mm-hmm. Wasn't too quick out of the gate. And made up some ground late, which is always positive for a, a younger type horse, a horse that doesn't have that much experience. Um, but I ultimately uh, landed on number five, Idol. Um, first time starter. from. I'm the with Paltus.
0: you. He just, um, he, he got a feeling this horse is just, he's not coming over here for Del Mar for no reason, right? Right.
2: That, that's, it kind of had the, that feeling. And the horses that have run don't look all that great. No monsters. Um, no, no. They don't scare that, you. Yeah, nothing at all. He, he, uh, Idle had a nice workout on August 13th uh, from the gate at Del Mar, then shipped to Churchill and had one, one, uh, one workout over the track that looked pretty mm-hmm. good. He was 4 yep. out of 36 that day. So, I mean, he's, he's bred well. Um, I think he might be a little bit quicker than what his, what his workouts look like. You know, the, the wild card kind of could be Kennedy's bow. He has some really, really fast workouts. Yeah, he's showed some speed, too. Yep. Um, I just, you know, he has the look, at least on paper, as, as kind of a runoff, which could work against Idol in a yep. way, um, because you have those horses like Kadri and the inside horse uh, throw ride that, that could close into a, a speedy pace. But, you know, hopefully Paco can get him settled behind a horse like uh, Kennedy's Bow and, and get first run.
0: Yep, there's plenty to like about Idol You know, you mentioned the the works And I love when you see good works at different racetracks Like that too, you know, you work well at Del Mar Then you come over to Churchill and you work well Baltus is super capable with first-time starters The dam of this one was a four-time winner And earned over 100000 She produced two siblings, one winner that uh, is a four-time winner also And earned over 100000 And y- you hit it There are no, you know, probably... Anyone in here really wouldn't shock me and Any of them, but none of them Scare you at all And this is a great spot for Idol to come in And and I think they probably look up at it And say, okay, we could stay and run at Del Mar Or we could come here and try to take a swing At this $97,000 purse <laughs> You know it, in, in, in a maiden special weight." And, and the way that this race came up It's really, you know Some of these races come up super strong This one is, isn't the deepest on paper. So, you know, other horses to that I would mention that uh you, you hit on a, a bunch of them. Um you did a great job getting through this race. The Four Proud Veteran, you know, you can probably excuse him for his debut because it was in the it was on a wet racetrack and then he tried uh, the turf and he actually ran pretty well. It was, you know, so it, he he was fourth that day, but it was in a big field. He broke well. He was just behind horses on the inside. He angled around. He was in a battle for second and so he was just out finished He wasn't far out of it He you know he's not You know he wouldn't be a, a huge shock in here either You mentioned Cadre the 7 Who was a good second in the debut slow start Really did feel I think you Described it well like he needed a race Slow start in tight shuffled Squeezed back and, but he might have learned A lot out of that race he was in between Horses he was always in tight He weaved through traffic it's a It was a good race for a a first-time starter in the mud, having to deal with a lot. So, I would, yeah, I have the five on top, just like you do, and uh, I would, I would look to maybe four and seven underneath the five you mentioned. Uh, the, the two who I have to flop in at least one or two tickets because if that horse broke on topping and, and opened up a length, I'd get a little nervous at a price that one could get could get a little scary.
2: Yeah, I well, my thinking was that uh, proud veteran. You know, being out of Justin Phillip and, and hopefully getting a dry track will gun it to the lead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, the way I kind of built up the race in my head is that Kennedy's bow and, and proud veteran might be up there dueling. And, uh, you know, if Paco can settle in right behind those guys and, be and get that first run, it'd be perfect trip. So that's what I'm hoping for.
0: We move from race number two to race number three This one is uh, another maiden special And uh, I mean when you look at this race Just from a pure morning line standpoint It's pretty fascinating because there's not one horse in here Who's over ten to one And the morning line favorite is the six pit boss Who is is four to one So you have an entire field of horses That are between four to one and ten to one and so you can you know honestly You know it's said a lot of the time wide open Race good betting race when you can Make a case for anyone in The field and it doesn't feel like any of Them are going to really be too hit Too hard now I wouldn't be shocked if the six Gets bet and you know the four there's a Couple that you can look at and say they they might get bet Down a little and one or two will float up But in a nine horse race lots Of ways to go
2: yeah This is this is a really tough race I mean like you said there's Everybody has a shot, to be honest. I, I didn't see anybody that was just so far gone that, that they couldn't win this race. Like, not one of these horses um, just looked so out of the question. Um, that being said, a, a horse like Pit Boss is, is just not my cup of tea. It looks like, you know, from his form, his race early on uh, at Oakland was pretty decent, but it looks like he had his chances. And I, I just couldn't seal the deal. I mean, even his last race at Ellis. Um, I know he, he started in the sixth hole of six horses in that race, um, but he was in contention the whole time. Didn't pass a horse really, uh, once he got out of the gate, um, I think he may, he may be served best with a a slight drop in class or, or even with a field that's a little bit less competitive than this one. So, you know, somebody that probably will get bet, um, I, I don't really like him that much, um. The horse that really stuck out to me was the two Fastly. Um, he ran okay in his debut; probably needed the experience. Came back on the stretch out in the mud and ran pretty well. Um, I, I like the improved speed figure. He, he uh, you know, Brett Calhoun is just training lights out lately. And if he gets a fast track, I, I don't think the horse really wants to be on the lead like he was at, at Ellis but I think he'll sit a good trip from the rail. Yeah, probably tracking maybe right racing.
0: behind the one. Yeah, right. Yep.
2: Uh, you know, Pit Boss beat him last time, but I, I still think this, this horse may have more upside, especially uh, going this mile route again.
0: Yeah, that's a good, great point with Fastly In a really wide open race um, I think he's got a ton of upside Just like you said, the 4-1 nation Would be one I, I give a look to He, he actually ran pretty well uh, Out in Southern California a couple times And so, you know, you go through his career And you look at his debut He ran on the grass, you can kind of put a line right through it Then he came back and he finished second In back-to-back starts at Del Mar He, he took a shot at Santa Anita And he was a little slow And then he He went to the bench. August or uh, from October all the Way to August so the, something went wrong He changed barns I'm completely Okay with excusing that race in October And then when he showed up again in August It was at Indy it was in the sloppy Track the horses that were up The horse that was up front was able to cruise That day he probably needed the race And now he's going to go stretch back out From six to a mile there are some things to Like about the four one nation Who deserves another shot he, he really Deserves a shot going long on the main Track we've never seen him get the opportunity to do that and I think that could fit Him very well in here I prefer him Even to, uh, uh, to pit boss Just for the reason that you said pit boss Feels like one of those horses who I kind of Call like a measuring stick horse He's probably going to be third in here And if nobody jumps up he'll win If, right. if like if nobody yes. runs well He'll just kind of fall into it But if he ends up being five To two or two to one and gets bet a little Bit more because people see he You know he's been sort of he's he's Probably the one that, that they'll have to beat I would much rather use some of these horses that have upside. You built a great case for Fastly with the upside. One nation is one to me. Even a horse like Dyna Charge who you can really look to, you know, the he the Maiden 75 race, sure that was a little softer and then he stepped back up, but now he's a gelding and this isn't a this is a competitive group, but there aren't any world beaters. It's it's competitive because they're all okay. You know, there's nobody that's again another. It's not another terrifying race, and that's sort of what is cool about this card. The early part of the card at Churchill on Saturday, even moving into races four, five, six, and seven, um, that uh, I, I spoke about with uh, with Ryan, they're very competitive races, really, really competitive. Even you know one, two, and three. Just I don't know how many short, short price favorites we're gonna see early on in the card here. So, um. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean,
2: like a horse like Storm King is another one that I, I took a long look at. But mm-hmm. the the reason I chose Fastly over Storm King was because I I, I think uh, Storm King is going to get bet a little bit mm-hmm. just from the connections.
0: And it's funny when you look at the, them on paper, it's just the 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 fact that Fastly feels like he's one step ahead. Right. You know, one race. He took, he took race the step extra away. step already, got that race going a mile now, and like you said. It, sometimes you you go stretch out for the first time and you end up sort of on the lead or the jockey gets aggressive, which I never mind. I, I always prefer an aggressive ride. But then when you look back and you say, okay, that probably isn't where they're going to be next time. They'll probably be sitting a little bit off. And and you yeah, I vastly was sort of in my unders, but you you definitely sold me a little bit more in a wide open race. I'm going to make sure to use vastly in all of my exotics now because yeah. It, Fastly is just much more sexy than than Pit Boss, you know. If you get it, if you get a, be- a better price, I just yeah, I, that, much that, much yeah,
2: exactly what I was thinking.
0: Yeah. So, um, race number three at Churchill, another fun one. Okay, so let's move from the early part of the card over to the Derby. So, this year we're in September talking about the Kentucky Derby, but but because of that Barry, we know. The horses a little bit better, and in particular, we know tis the law, and it's really hard to say anything bad about tis the law. If somebody is going to bet against tis the law, and I bet against short price horses, and uh, I can understand why you do it. It's just a gambling game. It's just hard to say a whole lot bad about him. He's just done everything that has been asked. He's been very good for a very long time. Think about all the horses who, throughout the year, have have popped up. And been good Charlatan and Nadal and, and Maxfield From last year to this year and, and then that art collector and they're not around And he's still hanging here At the top where he's been all along He's just been really cool to watch
2: Yeah I mean He's held his form all year But you know what the funny thing is is, You know when people were talking about well, This derby when it was moved To September How much better the field would be And it totally didn't
3: with the opposite, way. it, went the, it opposite. went the
2: opposite way. I mean, yep, you know, a horse like Maxfield would be excellent in a field like this. Um, you know, to make it more competitive, th- this we this field, you know, at least from my opinion, uh, is not as no, strong, it's not as it probably would have been in May. Yep,
0: well, because um, and think about it, th- those next were like we saw, and in May, we saw both Nadal and Charlatan run. We Maxfield would have been around, would have been real close because he came back and he ran after that. But could you imagine those horses would have been in the group of the top five betting choices? Those those would have been like it's the so- next tier of horses: Sh- N- uh, Shidal- uh, Nard- uh, Nadal, Charlatan and Maxfield. So you take them out, then you take Art Collector out. Those are like horses that would have been. Either right there along with Law, or two, three, four, and five all out. Now it just it does feel like there's such a
4: gap.
2: Yeah. Um and then now, you know, as we're we're doing this, uh King Guillermo may be shaky. For the yep. race so mm-hmm. um, you know That factors in as well because he could Have been a somewhat of a pace Presence especially with
0: um, his in from towards the, towards inside. the Inside yep right. yep he would have been forced A little bit there fresh inside They would have been thinking hey we're not going To have an opportunity to come from fifth, 10 lengths out of it we got to just go So that would have been at least something that Has a big impact on the race
2: Yeah um, especially with <laughs> With really the contenders uh, Taking the last Four spots, Yep. yep. Um, you know, the, the 15 through the 18, uh, you know, that's, that's a tough position. And, and, you know, all those horses have to get out of the gate. I mean, I'm not really too fond of New York traffic um, only because he doesn't pass. Um, he, he gets, if he's on the lead, he's great. I mean, you know, he's tough to pass himself, but he doesn't pass horses. I mean, great. anytime he's, he's ever behind, he's never passed anybody. He'll stay right where he is the whole way around. Um, you know, those, those races in Louisiana were kind of merry-go-round races anyway. Um, and he was right in the thick of it and just didn't pass anybody. So I'm not real enamored with him, but he does have to get out of the gate. Um, a horse like Honor AP, he's got to get out of the gate, too. Uh, Tis the Law needs positioning. And, and obviously, Authentic, who is probably the biggest beneficiary of the art collector scratch, mm-hmm. um, has to get around 17 other horses to get mm-hmm. to the lead. I mean, if he doesn't get to the lead, I don't think he's going to be effective. He, he can take them a long way, um, given the pace dynamics, if, if, if he's allowed to slow it up a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if he can see the deal in a mile and a quarter, uh, which brings me to the pick I have, which might surprise people a bit, but the rest of the field is so bad. It, it was like a pick of, uh, you know, by attrition. And I went to money moves. Um, he nice. drew well, he drew well, his last race. Uh, you know, I looked at that race at Saratoga a, a real long time and he probably should have won, to be honest. He, yeah, he didn't get I out agree. of the well and he was coming really hard at the end. And with the horses that are in this race, his trip will probably be pretty good because there's really no speed, especially if King Guillermo scratches. Um, there's not much speed inside of them. And he can kind of go where he wants. I mean, Storm the court gets out of the gate, but I wouldn't really think that he's going to be fast enough to, to be with the likes of let's say authentic early. and if he does, it's just a suicide mission. yeah <laughs> um, it- but but money moves there's a lot of upside there, and I didn't see that with a lot of these other horses and being so late in the year, i um, not saying that these three-year-olds are established per se, but they you know it's later in the year they're developed. yeah
0: we. We feel like uh, that's another good point Is that when the Derby's earlier We have some horses who have... Just won one of the big prep races and sort of established themselves, or maybe one of these horses upset one of the big contenders because maybe that contender wasn't really cranked up because they didn't have they didn't need the point, you know. So we could we could start to have these storylines. There there haven't been a whole ton of them other than Tiz the Lob pretty much beating up on every everybody, everybody <laughs> you know. Like that's that's really been it. I mean, you can you can make the cases for Honor AP being you know out on the west coast and maybe not you know, and and I think Honor AP is is got a shot. Will be in the the Couple that I use but I like what you're doing With money moves and money moves will be on All of my Exotic exacta tri super Everything I play multi in the race I absolutely think if he Takes one more step forward He still might be You know if, if tis the law Gets a good trip he still might not be Able to beat tis the law but I have No problem thinking he Could beat any everybody else in the Field for sure with some improvement, so that means if, t- if A horse like Tis the Law gets in trouble and, and a horse like Money Moves gets The good trip and works out that trip At that kind of a price he I like him so much more than Some of the other horses in here
2: Yeah, I'm just afraid he's going to get a lot of wise guy Money, even though mm-hmm. people were talking about um, You know, King Guillermo If he stays in, he might get it But now it's kind of, even if he does run it's still going to be that question mark, and it's going to there'll go be the, the hesitation. Room. He won't get a lot right. of
0: money at all if he's in now. Yeah, right. because they've had, yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned it because as we're recording, it was a you know on Twitter for byron king um, and reporter. Uh, we have a little problem. Trainer Juan Carlos Avila said we have to wait until the afternoon, and uh, we're recording this early Thursday morning, so we'll find out a little bit more later and make sure you know you keep keep checking everything leading up to because we see this unfortunately every year too is that. All the pressure, sort of leading up, these horses get in, you know, their their routine in the mornings, and it just happens. We in every sport, right? You're practicing, and and you just twist an ankle, something happens, and you're not stretched out, whatever it is. And there's always two or three horses right before at the end that have to scratch. Yeah, and 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 the other horse, you know,
2: I mean, obviously, tis the law is definitely going to be there. Um, I, I don't, I don't see him, you know, unless something goes crazy and he just. Doesn't run for whatever reason. I, I think he's going to be right in the thick of it. But thousand words is a little forgotten, um, and I think he's going to sit a good trip also. Um, so those are the three that I'm keying in on. Um, but I mean, Winbet. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh, money moves on top. So you know, just just in case something weird has happened. You know, uh, it, it's it's 2020. Nothing's been normal. Right. So, Hopefully that trend continues <laughs> what,
0: what are your plans going to be for uh, for This weekend? Are you just going to be hanging out at home Watching the races?
2: Absolutely I'm going to be uh, barbecuing some ribs nice. And uh, we're going to watch the races All day, that's what uh,
0: we do around here <laughs> Awesome, well I look forward to uh, Going back and forth with you online And I wish you the best of luck this weekend I appreciate you carving out some time here For me and for the listeners of That's What G Said, and uh, let the folks Know where can we find you on social media Where can we follow you along?
2: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at UrbanHandicapper, U-R-B-N, Handicapper, Handicapper, um, all day, every day. Hit me up.
0: Great follow. Love talking with you, man. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great weekend.
2: All right. Thanks a lot for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Folks, don't go anywhere. We're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here with much more on That's What G Said. And a big thank you to Barry for helping us out with that first part of the card there at Churchill and some of the Derby thoughts. So, just a recap for races one, two, and three. In the opener, I like home base quite a bit. It might even be a horse I single in some of the early exotics, getting the lead from the inside. I would stack it one, three, four there. In the opener, in race 2 That maiden special weight race I got the 5, idle, the first timer on top Uh, We'll have the 4, Proud Veteran And the 7, cadre As other horses to include Underneath the uh, the 2, maybe Kennedy's Bow If you want to go a little bit deeper Would be uh, another one And then obviously, you know, Thrill Ride Is... Depend. How, how do you play the early exotics, right? And on a ticket where I, I single right off the bat, sure, I'll throw thrill ride in. Um, but when you, you know, there are favorites that you or short price horses that you don't love, and if you start using them in every race, that's where your tickets start getting bigger and bigger, and they don't get a, as good of a return on your investment as we would like. So f- uh, five, four, seven, in particular, with the, a look at Idol, I'm sure this horse is going to get a little bit of money first click, and then in race number three. I've got the 4-1 Nation With the 7 Dyna charge With the 2 Fastly With the 6 Pit Boss And then the 5 um, First timer Who has a couple sneaky works The dam was 1 for 6 Has a couple winning siblings there So I'll stack them 4-7-2-6-5 In race number 3 Horse racing fans You have to take a look at At OldSmokeClothing.com There aren't a ton of places out there That have a bunch of different horse racing T-shirts, hats, zip-ups Hoodies, pullovers All sorts of different stuff Where you can really show the horse racing fan In you Check out the website I mean, if you're a fan of "Tis the Law They have different shirts with different sayings Slogans, "Tis the Law trucker hats If you're a fan of all sorts of different horses Different racetracks Horse racing slogans You can do custom designs There at OldSmokeClothing.com And get a little bonus Just because you're listening to That's What G Said If you use the promo code G-I-N-O It'll get you free shipping On your purchase So Maybe your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister Your husband, your wife, one of your Friends, they love horse racing This is a really cool place where you can get Them a gift, you can get them a couple different shirts Some hats, some things for uh, for A holiday, for a birthday uh, Stack them away, use that promo code G-I-N-O It'll get you free shipping We continue Along on our journey Saturday Churchill Downs, up next Ryan Dickey joins to talk races four, five, six, and seven. And then he gives some of his thoughts on the Kentucky Derby kickback and enjoy as we move to a section of the card that has fields of 12, 12, 12, and 12. This is maybe the best betting section of all of Friday and Saturday. There's a ton of really good stakes races, a ton of big name stars. There's a lot of races with short price favorites in them in the in the stakes. But in the earlier part of the card, and especially this middle part, four, five, six, and seven, you're going to be able to find a ton of five, ten to one shots that you like. Kick back and enjoy. Get those past performances out. Okay, we continue rolling along on this Saturday Churchill Downs Kentucky Derby undercard, and now the the number two hitter. In our batting lineup. I mean, I'm talking about all time great two hitters. I don't know. I'm not really sure who jumps out to me. It's one of the, the all time great two It, Oh, yeah. Ryan Dickey. That's who he's going to join me again. One of my favorite things of this show, Ryan, is, you know, obviously I get to talk to a lot of, uh, is get to. Give my opinion and interact with a lot of fans Out there, but I also get to meet People like you who you know I, I interacted With but I never really talked to And now we've had a few conversations And I've started to get to know you a little bit I feel like you're a, a nice friend And uh, what are we going to do on a, on a Saturday derby day We're going to talk about some races with some buddies So you ready to talk uh, races four, five, six, and a little derby?
5: Absolutely, it's really fun uh, Talking with you, I have, a, I have a good time And it's a, it's a great show
0: Okay, let's get right into it. So I've uh, right. we were lucky enough to have a bunch of good guests help us out breaking down uh, little ch- little chunks of the card throughout. So you and I are going to talk about races four, five, six, seven, and then give some derby thoughts. Let's get into race number four. Man, we have a couple big fields and some. Good betting races, these aren't graded stakes But if you're just looking for value And, and you're someone who likes to play 5, 8, 10 to 1 shots You're going to find some in a couple of these races So in the 4th, this maiden 2 year old race, 6 furlongs Where do you start, who are a couple of the horses That you would maybe need to use in some exotics
5: Well if I wanted to talk about The, the horses I'd want to use in the exotics Obviously I want to start with the two firsters For um, Brad Cox The number 5 essential mm-hmm. quality and then the number one horse for Steve Asmussen, Big Lake. Uh, although those are horses that I would need to use if I was uh, playing any um, multi race bets, I think the horse that is for me the value in this race would be the number 11 Rye sense of humor. And it's not because his name's Rye and my name's Rye. It's, <laughs> I really think that by looking at this field, it's a big field with two year olds, half the field are firsters. And you know the ones that have already started have mostly been forwardly placed. So this could uh, be a frantic early pace. I, I think that what I want here is a young horse who can make up ground. And if you look at Rye's Sense of Humor's first race for uh, for Wilks, um, he got bumped early in the mm-hmm. in his debut, but then he started making up ground. And even though it was a short race, he not only gained position-wise, he also Diminish the lengths that he was behind, so he's already shown that he can make up some ground. So at six to one in the morning line, I know that Wilkes doesn't like to put too much pressure on his first time starters. Absolutely, well, this is the second time. This is the second time this horse has run, and I think that he actually ran better uh, than his line shows because of the early trouble he got mm-hmm. in. I really think that Ry's sense of humor. If he goes off anywhere near six to one, even five to one, I, I want to bet him with both fists.
0: Completely agree with you. He's my top selection in here too. What was nice is you mentioned the the you know the trouble early and and then what he, he what I like was he he showed some professionalism to kind of you know duck down to the inside and split horses. That's something that's not easy for a horse making their first start, moving in and out and around. I feel like he learned a lot out of that debut race. I'm totally with you. Ry's Sense of Humor looks good. And yeah, I mean, the for me a couple of the others I think you mentioned the the very live first timers like Copley is coming out of a good race up at Woodbine, but if he takes a ton of money, you know, I'd prefer Ry's Sense of Humor. Uh, absolutely. And, and so I I, won't, I wouldn't want Copley at too short of a price in here. Um the the 3 maybe is a long shot who showed a little bit of speed. The dam was actually a good one and this horse has the ability uh, has the opportunity and maybe some upside to to be a little bit better. So this horse could be decent down the line. I wouldn't be shocked, but um Devil's Tower was another who I think could at least hit the board in here. Raced pretty well in the debut, speed in between 3 battling, just missed. This is a good race. This is a fun race. It really right. is. This is like a I- great pick 4 pick 5 race. Sure, and then number twelve,
5: King's Promise. I mean he made his debut on turf. He's getting an extra half furlong here, but to me he looks like a horse that needs a little bit more distance. I don't think the half furlong extra is gonna really help him. I think he's gonna do better as he goes longer, but he's a horse you might wanna um pay attention to down the road.
0: Completely agree. I have him I have him pegged like in the third fourth spot too. Great. So if you if this is a deep leg for you in a pick five or a pick four, he's one that I'd for sure be throwing into the ticket because he made a, a really big wide move and was a clear cut second. That's the the thing about the, the races we have to discuss. They're they're really good betting races as we move. Yes. From, okay, so for you, it's eleven is as the, the the horse to be mm-hmm. and, and the horse to play, and you're going to key around maybe in in the fourth.
5: Yeah, the one five one five twelve for me.
0: Cool, cool. Let's get to race number five. We go a mile and a sixteenth allowance. These are first level allowance races worth a hundred thousand dollars. Gee, these purses, they wanted to draw in Some big fields for Oaks and Derby And they got them So uh, this race, I mean another one You have a lukewarm morning line Favorite of around 3-1 to one. I wouldn't be shocked if if any of 2 or 3 Horses actually were to end up going favorite In here, who are some that you look to
5: Well there's not a lot of speed Here in this race um, and, and as you said, the number 5 Spanish Kingdom He did face Graded Stakes Company Last out and although he finished fifth, he only lost by one length. so mm-hmm. he's going to be the favorite. he's going to be bet. Uh, the number 10 Parkland uh, withdrew aboard should be near the front. Even though, like I said there's not a lot of speed, he should be forwardly placed. He faces winners for the first time, which could be a difficult task for him. That's usually one of the, the biggest jumps is from uh, breaking your maiden and going against winners. To me, the horse that's very interesting here is uh, number eight on a spree. Uh, he's been running in further races, in uh, marathon races. And he cuts back in distance. Uh, he should be coming in fresh and fit. And uh, he gets a little bit of a positive jockey change. And so for me, I, I really think that he represents a lot of value. He plays 7-2 to two on the morning line. with Mike Maker and Gaffney, and he might get bet a little bit. But uh, I, I think he's one that I can really hone in on in this race.
0: And if he's close early, he's going to be really tough to pass. Because of right. those rates he's coming out of those longer races, he's got Correct. bottom bottom with the mile and a half race there last time out, and he he's not a horse that we worry about getting this kind of a trip. So if, if he's sitting second or third, or even somehow, or even on the lead in a race that you mentioned, doesn't have a ton of speed, then it's right. going to be really really tough to get by. And for for the the same reason that you mentioned, a horse that I'm going to throw in, you know, as betters, we definitely remember the horses that we get the head scratching trips with, and that was Cavalry Charge for me. I played at Keeneland on July the eighth, and I thought. Okay drawn to the outside Swords just showed some speed going long All the races that he's got going long He's right on the lead showing speed And he just had a wide trip I mean it was a brutal trip He has one of those no chance to win trips Where you're just sitting four wide mid pack That's like all the way around I think they're going to get a little more aggressive with him Because that's what has done well for him So I expect him to be Close in a race as you mentioned that has no Speed so cavalry charge will be on my tickets A bust out long shot that I'm going to throw in Is job security more probably More underneath I'll throw him in in a pick five Or two because he did have A horrendous trip Does that mean he, he can win this race Just because he had a really bad trip last time out No but he doesn't seem too far Behind this group in what looks Like a pretty wide open group again Maybe Trident hit first time on the grass They have five winning turf siblings you mentioned Spanish Kingdom. So, again, you mentioned on a spree. Right. You mentioned Parkland. So, we mentioned eight horse, seven, eight horses right. in this race, right. too, which just shows you how tough th- this one is again. So, um, kind of stack them up for us uh, as you find how would you finalize this race?
5: Um, I would probably go eight on top. Um, I-, I do think that five will, will be there. So, I'd probably mm-hmm. go eight, yeah. eight, eight, five, and 10 for me.
0: Nice. Let's move to race number six Another $100,000 first level right. allowance Seven furlongs on the dirt These are the three-year-olds And upwards so We look at this group And again, these are horses that are nice animals They're just a cut below the stakes Horses and maybe on the upswing Or horses who have had some issues I mean, just looking at this race from a handicapping standpoint And if you, you know, you can Very easily, right off the bat Build cases for Sir Alfred James Coastal Defense, Wayno Wild Poppy, Cool Body, Street Class Verb, Cowboy uh, (laughs) Diplomacy, who was the first time Gelding was super impressive last time out So again, no joke Legitimately, you can make cases For all of them, does that mean you use them all In the exotics? No, you gotta pick and choose Some and cut some out here and there, but I, I, you know, oh, I'm saying it again Our little chunk of races that I think You and I had might have been the most Competitive even more than the deep stakes And I'm talking with anyone or any of the other Races It were these were just Really really fun And difficult races to handicap
5: Yeah this one came out pretty competitive Too and when I look at The, the entries I, I see Horses that I've bet in, in different positions before like in you know in, in previous races like verb like number eight verb i've, I've liked that horse uh, mm-hmm. before i don't know if i i don't know if i bet him when he won last out but i know that i've bet him in the past i mm-hmm. don't really like him so much here when i first handicapped this race i really two horses really stuck out at me but i'm gonna go with three the one that sticks out the most is number six cool bobby i think yeah. cool bobby um always uh in the last especially in the last two races. Has been, you know, right, right there
0: With the um, excuse three back two, had, you know, yeah, three back, he, he needed even... the race off the long layoff for the newborn and he's been good in, in yeah. two starts since
5: So always involved. I mean, if you look back, if you look back, he's He's, he's always there. I think that's a horse that fits well in this yep. The one that I like the best, however, is number two, Sir Alfred James yeah. And the thing I like about Sir Alfred James, he's only raced twice Um But if you look at the the, if you look at his running lines, if you watch the the video or the replays of him, you know that he really, really when he gets to the wire, he's in full out mode. He's really running hard. So he's not just getting to the wire, uh, you know, in the nick of time to win. He's really at his best late in the race. And I really think that's going to continue here. I think he's the most logical winner of this race. The number two, Sir Alfred James, he might not be forwardly placed. But at the end of this seven furlong sprint, he's really going to be chugging. And uh, he's the one that I like the most. But I also like number five, Wild Poppet. Yeah. Ten to one on the morning line. Um, Just because this one can, you know, if you look at, I I use the uh, time form uh, pace projector. He's projected to be up front a little bit. I don't think he's going to be that forwardly placed as, as the pace projector says. I think this is another one like Sir Alfred James who, who runs well late. I mean, two back, he didn't do hardly anything at all. Actually, three back, he didn't do hardly anything at all. But he's always in the mix. And at 10 to 1, I think he's a horse that you definitely need to use. I like the two most of all. And then um, number six, Cool Bobby, and then number five. So two, six, five for me. But you could make a case for half the field.
0: Oh yeah, it's great, and and all the ones that you made cases for were, were definitely horses that uh, I've looked to I want to mention a couple others before we uh, we right. move along uh, The 3 Coastal Defense, this horse is actually a, a half to a nice horse named Hawk Bill So it wouldn't be, who earned $4.7 It wouldn't be a shock to see Coastal Defense continue to, to improve and start to live up to to a pedigree And if you toss the turf race, then you look at his form overall it's really not that bad He was fourth in his debut when he drew the rail And then he was fourth, second time out at Gulfstream Park That was his first start going long He wasn't far behind Grace Fable Who we see in a lot of running lines in the the couple races that we looked at And and then he came back in his two starts He won over this track at Churchill Downs Going a mile where he came from off the pace That was in the slop And then at Ellis Park, he was really good He just he was just beating the neck He settled, he was three deep He loomed up. He just couldn't hold off the four to five favorite. And it looked like at the top of the lane, that favorite was gonna blow right by him. And he really battled all the way and tried hard. So I'm gonna play him as well. You mentioned the two, Sir Alfred James. You mentioned the six cool Bobby, who's he's probably a measuring stick. Like if nobody jumps up and runs a race good enough to win, Bobby will probably win this race. He feels like he like you, I like exactly what you had said. He's just so consistent. You feel like he's going to be there. And then in yeah. the cowboy uh, diplomacy at the uh, diplomacy, I always messed bit right. I always butcher right. that word. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, at the end he, he'll he'll be around at, at the very least. Early he was super impressive, and now he's going to go as a first time gelding. So just a, another crazy good betting race in the sixth at Churchill. Our last race, well, the seventh, and then we'll mention a, a couple thoughts on right. the Derby. Let's get to race number seven here. We have a. How about Signalman, who we You know, we remember from a few years back Signalman, who Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and he was on the, the Derby Trail It didn't get in the Derby, but he was ended up running In the Preakness, and he He's one of those horses I always remember Bodie Express may run in this spot He's cross-entered in a couple different spots But, just Just the morning lines in all the races that we had they might not all be right there may be a horse or two that ends up get bet getting bet but it just shows you how spread out and how wide open they are here again there are a bunch of you know horses that you could make cases for between you know anywhere up to 10 15 to 1 that you could make legitimate cases for who are some that you look to in this race
5: well this is this is the race that uh, of the four that I'm I'm going over I had the absolute hardest time coming up with anybody here. And the, the reason for it is, just like you said, you can make case for, for almost every single horse in this mm-hmm. race. Um, I mean, I really wish I could just go all here. I guess it all depends on what Boat Express does. If Boat Express starts in this race, he'll be four early placed, um, against this group, he could just go take it yeah. all the way. So he's somebody that I would I would definitely need to use. And he at uh, least I'm,
0: changes the complexion of the race too. Just adding yes. a major speed factor that that changes yeah. things for horse like Aurelius Maximus. You know that just kind of changes everything. You, you look at him like maybe he won't have as good of an opportunity with the Bodie Express. So he, he's a, a real key factor in this race.
5: Right. And, and the thing is, is even if he, he races in this race and he gets out to a big lead and he, he, he cooks up front, then it, it could open up for the closer. I mean, just because he's going to be up front doesn't mean he's going to win the race. Um, he's good enough, obviously, to do that. But I mean, that takes away from Casino Star. That takes away from Signalman. That takes away from Aurelius Maximus, like you said, um, you know, closers like that, even Signalman, who who is, you know, projected to be way at the back of the pack. That, that takes away. So for me, this is a real hard race to say a couple days ahead of time who I really like. I mean, if somebody said, hey, you need to give me four horses in this race that you would use, I mean, I guess I would go with Bodie Express for sure just because I don't know whether he's going to be in or not. And he's, you know, pace dependent here. But Aurelius Maximus, the number nine, I think, uh, irregardless of who, or regardless of, of who gets up front, I think this is one that will be closing late. Yep. Um, the other one that I liked was the number 12 horse. Um, locally owned, I think locally owned is, is proven, um, to, to be a horse that can be near the front, um, and, and do well. So, I mean, it's just this whole, this whole race is pace dependent. So for me, I mean, I like the 12, I like the nine, um, even a little bit was on the five. Who's the five? Oh, tank commander. I've, I've bet tank commander before. This is one of those horses. Big win last
0: time out over this track.
5: Yeah. He went last time out and, um, I think I bet this horse last year in his maiden. Yeah, the, I bet this horse when he broke his maiden last year at Churchill. I think I was there that day. So this is a horse that could definitely get the job done. It's just a really, really, really tough race. I mean, I, maybe not use all, but I could probably use three quarters of the horses in this race. It's really yeah. tough.
0: Absolutely, uh, you mentioned Signalman who I, actually, mm-hmm. I think he's going to give a good account of himself But that doesn't mean win I feel like he might be rounding back he, he could toss his last race, his two back on the dirt wasn't bad He was chasing a lone speed horse that day in top seed The horse that I think I'm the most interested in here Is actually the number 7 Chess Chief yeah. So I'm looking at his his last art. He was actually favored uh, in a in a kind of a similar spot at Churchill in June. And he had a good start. He took back to eighth. He was in between, and then he ran into tons of traffic. And once he got clear, he closed really well. he closed well. he just he just missed third. It was just a little bit too late. Prior to that, he ran into by my standards a couple times at that Oakland race on May the second, and this is something we've talked about, that was a loaded race. Remember, that was pandemic time. So those graded races that like grade two was so deep you had. By my standards, Warriors Charge, Mr. Freeze Tacitus, Tax, Night Ops Ops, Combatant, all in that race It's just a tough race for Chess Chief I think it's a really good spot for him here He doesn't have to be as far back as you Would think just based on his last race He actually has a little more tactical speed than it seems I think he's going to be in a good spot here Comes out of a race with two next out winners So Chess Chief would be one that's going to be On, I'm with you, I'm going to be spreading But he's at least one that'll be on, on Most of my tickets in this spot here So uh Men, we had a a little section. Don't, if you're out there and you're someone who was just going to maybe look at the stakes race section of the Churchill card on Saturday, I can totally understand why you do that. There's a lot of races out there, but take a minute and look at races four, five, six, and seven, the ones that we just (laughs) talked about, because tough. You'll at least probably find one horse in one of those races that's five or 10 to one that you might want to bet to win. You know, you'll find someone there that you go, wow, this horse is going to be like eight to one. I got to bet 20 to win on him, 10 to win on him, something like that. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, I, even in this this seventh race, the number eight, Mister Quality for Tim Gleishaw. This horse, if Bodie Express isn't up front, this one's going to be up front. But even if Bodie yeah. Express does run, he's really going to give him a, a run. Um, he's he's one of those uh, tough headed. Uh, you know, he's a he's, he's a hard trier. He's a hard knocker. So I mean, he's twenty to one on the morning line. Not saying he's going to win the race, but at a mile in the sixteenth, if he stays engaged for a long time, he could pick up a piece at a very nice price.
0: Let's get to the derby, we'll get to some uh, some thoughts You and I actually dissected most of this yes. field a few weeks ago when, when they had just really finalized who was had all their points And talked about who was going to run and not So we have a lot of thoughts on record about this field mm-hmm. But now you've seen the post positions, you've seen the, the morning line odds We know exactly who's in the field Give us a minute or two Who? How are you approaching this race from a betting standpoint? can tis the law be beat are you going to play him and and maybe just use it exact as tries with some nice horses underneath and try to catch him what's your approach to the derby this year
5: i mean i i have a hard time seeing tis the law not winning this race and that really makes me upset as as a a handicapper and as a a better it really makes me upset because i'm not going to make a whole lot of money unless i can identify the two horses that come underneath for the trifecta, and those two horses can't be honor AP and can't be authentic. I know. And the problem with this is, is there's a good chance that one or both of them are going to do. It. I mean, there's I a good chance we could have a very, very chalky Kentucky Derby. I but I will give you and everybody else horses that I think outside of the outside horses. I mean, is anybody going to be watching any other part of the starting gate than the and the, the, last the, the
0: outside races? five? <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah.
5: That's it. Yeah. Um, I think. In a race like this, you always have to look at the other Baffert. I think Thousand Words um, had this race gone in in May. I don't think he would have been a horse I even would have thought about. Um, but since we've seen what he's done since, uh, he's a multiple graded stakes winner. And the only time he's raced outside of Kentucky, he ran thirty lengths back, which you know he, they wrapped him up. They knew he wasn't going to do well, so they just they shut him down. So I'm fine with that. And uh, he won last out at a mile and sixteenth over Honor AP. Giroux gets the, uh, the mount. I think this is a horse that, you know, he's in form. He's got a trainer who's done well. He's got a jockey. If you look at the jockeys in this race, Florent Giroux is one of the more accomplished, even though he hasn't won. Um, he's, he's been in a lot of Kentucky Derbies, and I think and Thousand <laughs> Words is, is un, un, unrecognized here.
0: With a horse like him too, and I imagine from a for a pure running style perspective, right. especially when you have someone like Zuruabord, they have to just get aggressive. And that doesn't mean be on the lead, but he's not the type. He's like a grinder, so yes. he's not gonna come from 15 lengths behind and pass everybody. But if mm-hmm. he's if he's in the the top pack and he's sitting close, he right. just keeps keeps grinding all yes. the way. And there'll be horses that start backing up, and he'll continue to grind. So for him, it's gonna have, like most of these horses. Any, I think a lot of them. Especially other than the top few, who may would be maybe the only horses that would be good enough to win a race that didn't have a beneficial trip. Right. They're going to need the beneficial trip to get the to hit the board, and they're going to need to to jump up with probably a career best to beat a tis the law. Um, because like you said, it's just that the, the gambler, the better in me, wants so bad. But then you remove Art Collector, who at the very least you feel like Art Collector would have made the race more difficult on tis the law by being. Either on the lead or maybe sitting right next To tis the law and trying to go with him When he goes now you take out The horse who was probably the second choice And you know something we talked about before There's no charlatan nadal maxfield Those other horses that would have been in the next You know the next few choices it really does Feel like it is tis the Law versus the field it kind of It really Correct.
5: does I, I agree with you 100% and one of the uh, what I, One thing I've looked at the uh the entries here is there's like pairs of horses if you like thousand words then you probably like new york traffic for the same reason yeah reasons. no it's true it's true and if you like sol volante who's a, a big closer you probably like enforceable for the same yep. reason so yep. those or are even the a max player horses. in that
0: group you yeah. you can put max player yeah. you, you're totally right yeah. there are and they, there's some that you fit they fit very similar profiles and, and and so that's a it's a great point so yeah it's yeah. just um it's a, it's a different year and with between the oaks, between uh, the derby, we have some nice horses. It's different because we know them more now. So normally in a Derby Oaks year in May, we still have these horses that come in. There's some upside. We don't know if the how it's going to happen by now. I mean we know Swiss skydiver gaming mean. Right. We know tis the law. We know these animals, so it, it's more like it's less likely that something strange is going to happen when we have a bigger body of work to see.
5: Yeah, but I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes uh, Me just too. As a fan, but I'm not expecting To make a whole lot of money
0: Yeah, this, and, and that's what the undercards might be for You know, we yeah, still correct. have plenty of opportunities And that's what the, some of the races that we just talked about If you're not going to, you know Feel like you, you want to spend a whole lot Or maybe you play small pick four or five late Maybe the middle part of the card is where you open things up A little bit and that's where you make your money Because it, Wouldn't it be nice to make a bunch of money And then kick back and just watch afterwards yes. Once you've already got your, uh, your tickets cash So Ryan awesome stuff man I really appreciate it Thank you for coming and joining us Give uh, everybody out there your plugs Where can we find you on social media and follow along
5: well, you can find me on Twitter at rdicky249. I'm pretty much on there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so you can find me always there. But I really appreciate you having me on, and it's it's really fun. I can't wait to listen to the whole show and and hear what everybody else has to say about the yep. other races on the undercard.
0: We got Barry opening things up. Barry Spears, nice. and uh, you're uh, you're uh, the the second hitter. Craig right. Milkowski's in the in the three hole. He's gonna be jumping in, going races. Uh, Eight, nine, ten, and their and his thoughts on the Derby, and then uh, Emily is going to be uh, cl- closing things out. Emily Golickson, she's going to close things out with the uh, the lead up to the Derby. So okay. we got a nice little one, two, three, four punch here for our uh, our full card Saturday. Ryan, thank you so much, buddy. Have a great weekend. I hope you make a ton of money. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, folks. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back with plenty more on that Saturday Churchill card. Thank you to Ryan for talking races Four, five, six, seven, and the Derby We've really, we put Ryan to work Over the last uh, month or so Because he, he was one of the first ones that came on And talked about all the Derby contenders with us Less than a month ago, about a month ago And uh, now back We had to have him back because we, we gave a little taste we told you some of The early thoughts, we had to get some of the Final thoughts from Ryan And uh, we will now Move along to Races 8, 9, and 10 with Craig Milkowski We'll get some of Craig's thoughts on the Derby also At first we have to talk about our friends over at SarahCandles.com Sarah Candle Company, do you you love candles? Are you someone who burns a lot of candles in your house? You're maybe looking for a, a, a nice scent to, to change the mood Sometimes maybe one of your friends is really into candles Or uh, your family members, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, son, daughter, cousin Anyone that you know Give Sarah Candles a look I personally know the people Who who created this company And initially what they were doing was Looking to to build a candle for themselves That they would like that could be a little bit healthier They all read about all the the stuff In paraffin wax And, And by using soy wax They've eliminated all the toxins And the carcinogens And those pollutants that are present In paraffin wax, which is in a lot of the other leading brands. If you look at their website, SarahCandles.com, they have 25 different scents for you. They have three different sizes. These are super affordable candles. And then when you use the promo code GINO, it'll get you 10% off of your purchase. You're gonna be helping out with a small business, someone who really wants to have a candle made that you will like, that you will enjoy. SarahCandles.com Promo code G-I-N-O They give you instructions on how to make sure your candle Gets you the, the perfect burn And with that soy wax And with these better ingredients They actually give you a longer burn It's healthier for everyone breathing this in And you're going to get more use out of these candles That are already more affordable For uh, and, and they're already candles that are just better for you, plain and simple. Sarah C-E-R-A-Candles.com. Don't forget about that promo code G-I-N-O. Get you 10% off your purchase. Now, Craig Milkowski, time for him US. We're gonna go over races eight, 9, 10 and the derby with Craig. Continuing to Move through the big Saturday Card at Churchill Downs And one of the uh, One of the the usual suspects when it's time To talk big days and big racing Our good buddy from Timeform U.S. Craig Milkowski And Craig before we get into our section Of the Churchill Downs Saturday card And then the Derby uh, As a fan I know it was Probably a really strange year for you As an Oklahoma City Thunder fan You, You come into the year not really expecting a whole lot everybody even says is chris ball gonna be on this team and then you have this great year you make it to game seven round one of the playoffs it's probably a little bittersweet because it's it, overall when you look at the the grand s- scheme of everything it still probably feels like a pretty solid positive year it just it was a very winnable game seven that probably lives a, l- a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth
6: It does, but like you said, overall, it was a a really Mm -hmm. good year. Like I said, I think I mentioned the last time I was on with you, this was the most fun I've had as a Thunder fan in a long time because this was actually a team instead of Russell Westbrook and and, uh, Paul George just taking 90% of the shots and controlling the ball. And Chris Paul really won me over. He's been the consummate professional here. I I don't know if he'll be here next year. He played so well that he may actually have some – some good trade value with just one year left on his monster contract. But uh, if he stays, that would be great as well. But, you know, Oklahoma is Oklahoma City still in that rebuilding mode. They have tons of draft picks. And I think we did see they, they have some really good, young, young, promising players and guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, even Lou Dort, who was just yeah. – uh, crazy good and that guy for an undrafted free agent to, to do what he did in a game seven is just unheard of.
0: It was really fun to watch. And I think Shea is going to really gain a lot out of this experience, just being able to learn what it takes kind of see, you know, Chris trying to lead the team through this. And it's funny because, you know, you take those the, the three major figures in this series with Chris Paul Russell Westbrook and James Harden They're probably the three best active players That haven't won a title So anytime they're in a playoff series With some of the struggles that they've had It it really... It enhances it. This was a fun series with all those storylines back and forth. The team, they've played for each other, they played against each other, the trades, everything. It was, it was just a really fun first round series. And as an NBA fan overall, I enjoyed the back and forth. And I got to be honest, I was uh, just, just for your sake and just for uh, getting your team another, you know, uh, through another round I was waiting For uh, for your team to, to come and play the Lakers So now the Lakers will end up playing Houston But it just it was, it was fun and hey As sports fans it's nice Now versus six months ago At least we have some baseball some basketball I know you and I are getting ready for a Fantasy football draft next week for I Think our third we're big horse Racing fans and we're going to get right into horse Racing in about five seconds but it's Nice and we have some other options out there too
6: Yeah, it sure is. Plenty of sports to watch. I I love hockey. As my wife will tell you, I will basically watch. Yeah, tennis is going. I will watch anything that they find a way to keep score. Uh, I'll (laughs) learn enough about it to know what I'm watching. I usually can't do it, but I can figure out what's happening and yeah, I just love competition. So, and that's probably what drew me to horse racing.
0: So, probably a good segue into that. Let's see if we can do it this weekend. We're gonna go to Saturday's card. We're gonna go to race number eight at Churchill Downs, and we're gonna be looking at the American turf here. So, this is a, an interesting group because, Craig, at first glance, when you look at this race on paper, it just looks like there is a ton of speed, and almost every one in here feels like they do their best running. Either right on the lead or really really close to it so You know when you see horses like smooth like Straight who you, you expect is going to be quick Fancy lickers pretty quick And then I think you know two horses to the inside Make it a quick pace too With uh, a question mark wild card Like Tyshawn trying the grass for the first time American Butterfly has been close In sprint races and now stretches out How do you see this race Early because to me I thought it would Be going really really quick
6: Uh, Excuse my cough, and I'm having some allergy issues today. No COVID worries here, hopefully, so far. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, rough allergy day. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Our time-form U.S. pace projector has it as a race we predict the pace to be fast, and most of the time I agree with it, but not always. But I do in this case. There's plenty of speed signed on. Uh, Unfortunately, that led me down the path that I think field pass is going to be really tough in here. Uh, He's a horse who comes in with with as good a speed figures as anybody. He's a little more versatile than some of the others. He's one wire to wire, but he's also one coming from off the pace a little bit. So I do think he is the horse to beat in here, but I don't think he's a lock by any stretch. And if I was going to look for a price in here, I'm actually leaning into the three horse Segoy. Uh, He's a horse who went wire to wire last time, but I don't think he is a horse who has to have the lead He's shown that he can rate last time uh, or in the past. Last time it was just more of a case, in my opinion, where they just handed him the lead in really slow fractions and he took it and was able to, to finish off the race pretty easily at a nice price. But what impressed me the most is the jump in the speed figure he got on turf in his first drive on that surface for trainer Michael Tomlinson after he was claimed for $50,000. And given the fact he was able to, on turf, so what I call rate right on the lead, he was able to set that slow pace and really finish. I think he's the one uh, of the longer prices who could adapt it and make a good run in there.
0: Yeah, I think very similar about this race. Like field pass just Seems like he's the most versatile. It's a great spot for him. Maybe he, there were a couple excuses you could give him for last time out He, you know, he was forwardly placed. He's a little bit wide. I, I just honestly think it might have been a group that was just a tad better than him, a little bit tougher. And this is a, a, a nice spot here, so he's gonna have to beat smooth like straight, who got the better of him when they hooked up at at Churchill back in May, but. And smooth like straight has some ability But it's interesting, you don't generally see these West Coast turf horses come into the, uh, A group like this and, and be A short price favorite So he he could win this race, no doubt He's going to have his work cut out for him though With a ton of other speed in here um, I, I'm i completely In agreement using the three Savoy so on, on all tickets, I think he ends up Putting himself in a good spot I kind of use the one as a wild card Tyshawn trying to grasp for the first time I just... I had high hopes for him uh, earlier on in the year at Oaklawn. I don't really know how good he is, but he has a little turf pedigree other than the ones we mentioned. Is there anyone else in here that that you know you, you want to mention anything about? No, I mean Tyshawn
6: is definitely the wild card. I agree. I, I looked at his breeding. There's not a whole lot there. There's there's not really negatives, but not a lot of positive. E- yeah, positives that's a good way it, either. Anyway. But he's going to be a price, and if I if I'm playing uh, horizontal tickets, he's certainly one I will use in the. You know like as a B or a C type That if he wins I don't want to get knocked out of
0: it early So let's move from The American turf in race Number 8 to the Pat Day Mile In race number 9 and this has become Sort of the uh, The B race For the 3 year olds on uh, Kentucky Derby weekend As you know many don't want to go that far Or horses who were, were maybe Sprinters that wanted to stretch out They kind of end up here you have some int- intriguing horses, and just based off the morning line Cezanne is the one that is going to take the most money Or at least they expect to take a good amount of money in here from the inside But after you get past Cezanne, I mean, he's lightly raced He he is, he is hasn't really done much wrong either, but he was fourth in that small field It was sort of a a strange race though, because at the top of the lane He looked like he might win that race, Craig and uh, he moved into the lead. And then his stablemate, Thousand Words, just kind of kept grinding on the inside. And it seemed like the last, you know, 16th of a mile really did on in.
6: Yeah, he's the one horse in here I'm really not sure what to do with. Because mm-hmm. I would argue, and maybe you'd agree with me given what you just said, I, I almost think he ran his best race last time yeah, out in I speed. agree. Because on the speed figure scale, he certainly did from us. Uh, he, he was part of a quick pace. did back up a little bit at the end but you know he was facing a run in the Kentucky Derby a few races later on one of them is the second choice almost assuredly in honor AP so you know it's just there there are pluses and minuses with him I like the speed figure he comes in with the best one in the field I like the turn back a little bit uh what I don't like is that inside draw and the fact that no no paroles in the race I've just never been a fan of that inside post For the mile races at Churchill, it's a really funky setup. It's a shoot, but it's kind of angled in a weird way. And horses just seem to find bad trips from there. And if I thought he was going to break clear and clear early, I'd probably like him a lot more than I do. So he's one I'll
0: use, but, but I don't love him here. Yeah, you mentioned No Parole, who I think you have to really talk about, at least as a horse who, you know, the race sort of goes through, because on paper, he's no doubt the quickest but we we saw last time out he's a he's a speed horse and even if he gets clear it doesn't always mean things are are going to go well for him he i mean on paper he probably clears this thing right does he does he get the kind of pace pressure that you think he folds does he have a shot to hold on here where do you stand with him
6: I think he's. I mean, I do think he'll clear, and, and I think he's going to make the lead. But I think he only knows one way to run. He's he's just going to going to go fast and and see if he can hang on. And for me, the distance is a real question mark for him. Uh, his win in the Grade One, Woody Stevens. Not to take too much away from it, but he got clear. Uh, He didn't really get challenged at all. And it was a track that, frankly, I think was favoring speed in the rail. Uh, I was against him in the Jerkins, and and he didn't run. I think he was acting up that day, if I remember right. Uh, Tom Amos was talking about it on the the FS1 or FS2, whatever network they were on. Uh, How he just wasn't himself. He almost told you he wasn't going to win that day. He could just tell by the body language. But at the mile, I'm just not a fan of his. I think he's trouble for other speeds in here. But you know, I, I don't think he, he's one that I will be using at all, uh, no matter how I play the race, because I think he's going to set the pace and fade. I'm going to lean to to a couple other horses in here, um, and the, the top one is going to be tap at the Win. I, I actually really liked his race in that Jerkins, where he kind of tracked no parole, just a few lengths off. Uh, he actually took over the lead. He was kind of lost a few lengths around the turn. And while he was eventually run down by Echotown, who's probably going to be the favorite or second choice in here, I think that wind margin of three and a half lengths is really exaggerated that day because of the pace. Echotown just got a mice, much much nicer, cleaner trip. Uh, he was able to to just sit much further back and make that late run, and it was timed better, whereas Tap at the wind probably moved a little bit early When No Parole gave up the lead So I favor him a little bit But I think either one of the two could win
0: Yeah You, you mentioned uh, Echo Town And I think the the Post also has something to do with it Echo Town is nice too Where I'm I'm a little concerned if he gets Shuffled down towards the inside and has to try to Come out. I, I don't think he wants to come from Way out of it, you know, four or five lengths Like he did last time out is probably about as far where, where he wants to come out. Um, tap it to win should sit a really nice trip. Yeah, Is there anyone else in here who you're looking to? I mean, towards the outside, what do we do with someone like Rushy who's going to be turning back from the, the San Diego Derby and the Bluegrass?
6: Yeah, Rushy's one I'm definitely going to use. I definitely like these turnbacks uh, into seven furlong and mile races for horses that were on the Derby Trail like he was. He certainly didn't embarrass himself. He, he ran well. He, he's got a whole bunch of really big names in his past performances. And I think he'll appreciate the cutback. He gets a great post position. There should be plenty of pace. And I think he's one of the the main contenders in here. Uh, If I had to rank them, I would go tap at the win first and probably Rushy second, even over Echo town.
0: Yeah, we're, we're, we're similar in here. I throw Echo town in the mix with those top three. I do. Um, I, you know, looking at anyone that might be a, a deep or long shot, is there uh, any wild cards in here? I didn't know really what to do with Vertical Threat. I just have a hard time getting a gauge for for. I mean, just using for example, Vertical Threat comes that small field of four w- that he won, but Suzanne actually was dead last in that field of four. That I probably like that race a little bit better and at least get a better feel for the company. I didn't really know what to do with Vertical Threat. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I don't like vertical threat. He he's too slow on my speed figures. Whereas the others are running approaching 120, and Cezanne is actually topped 120. He's barely hitting 110, so that's a pretty pretty big gap there. If I were going to look for a price in here, it would be Digital, who who gave Echo Town all he wanted in an allowance race at uh, Oaklawn. Back in May uh, he tried the turf last time that didn't work out very well, but I'm just going to put a line through that race. And, and he looks like one who, who could have a shot if he gets some pace. Cause he's certainly one that likes to come from behind. And as I said, he gave uh, Echo town all he wanted that day at Oakland. And I'm pretty sure if memory serves, Echo town was a, a big, big favorite that day for uh, Steve
0: Asmussen. We move along to race number 10, which is the grade three Iroquois. We're going to have some two-year-olds here going a mile and what's interesting about this group is the uh, the 10 ride of a lifetime is gonna take a lot of money and I think a deserving favorite. just if you're looking on speed figures, he he's been beaten by one horse in three races and that same horse beat him twice. Uh, and so I think the race will at least go through him. you have some horses though who y- y- when you see these, These horses that generally are in Some of these two year old stakes races A lot of times they're horses who are really quick And won races because They were precocious, they were quick and they opened up There were about four or five horses in here Who actually closed a pretty good amount of ground To break their maiden But they didn't earn big Or gaudy speed figures That's why this race is a little bit Kind of funky on paper Does it look like the ride of a lifetime Just towers over this field?
6: Uh, for me personally, and it might sound weird coming from a guy who who does speed figures for a living, you cannot bet these horses with big figures stretching out like he is, uh, particularly stretching out two furlongs. Uh, I don't care how good they look. Uh, usually if they run that well at six furlongs, and especially a horse like him who was fading last time uh, Jackie's Warrior was running away from him, I just don't get the impression he wants any parts of a mile now. If he beats me, great. I can live with that at seven to five. But overall, you're you're just going to do a lot better ignoring horses like this uh, because more often than not, they're going to disappoint. So I'm going to look elsewhere. I, I generally look for horses who have shown some speed. Uh, and the one I like in here, uh, shown some speed, but also shown they can finish is what I, I was trying to get at. And the horse I really like in here is Midnight Bourbon for Steve Asmussen, uh, which seems to be a common theme this days. the guy's winning races everywhere. Yeah. Um, but I'll be surprised if I get that six to one that's on the morning line just because of the connections. But I really like this horse's mate and win. He ran that mile at Ellis Park. It's kind of a weird configuration. It's not the one-turn mile that we see at Charles uh, Churchill, but it's not two turns either. It's kind of a turn and a half, but... He's handled the distance, and I like that he was able to sit up close to that speed. The pace was pretty quick early. He took over and just ran away from the group. It's a a race which has come back pretty strong as horses have run back from it, so he's the one for me if I can get anywhere near that price.
0: Yeah, the the four Ultimate Badger had some pretty late energy, too. He was sitting, and he really drew off nicely. Joe Talamo had a, a very nice meet over there. And then some some horses who I don't know how good they are, but when you go back and watch some of these uh, replays visually, I think the one drop anchor looked good, but will have a lot to do from the rail. The two sitting on a go was super impressive, but really low on the buyer scale and just kind of on, on some of the speed figure scales that you might be looking at. But you do have like I said some professional Horses who maybe they were They got the, a figure that was a little Bit low but they do have ability As you said it, it's difficult with these Lightly raced two year olds sometimes if one Race gets rated a little bit lower Than the others and then You know the speed figures and everything can look a little bit Off there's no reason why some horses can't Jump up and, and run better and I think Exotically Midnight Bourbon is an absolute must use like you said You're proven at the mile and this is a horse who really took a nice step forward and feels like you get past the ride of a lifetime he's right there with the rest of the group so yeah you're gonna have to pick in some of these races which of these short price horses are you gonna check out this looks like it might be one for you anyone else in here that uh that drew your eye or someone to throw in
6: i mean the one i guess you gotta keep an eye on super stock for from the same trainer just mm-hmm. because he gets his top rider i'm sure he had his His pick of which ones he's had. He comes in with a a lower speed figure uh, last time, going five and a half at Lone Star. The time before that, he did run a bigger speed figure, and no offense to to Steve Asmussen's kid, but it's a huge rider upgrade when you go to Santana from his son, who's, I don't remember if he's still an apprentice or not, but he's just not of the same quality, so I'm not going to put a whole lot of uh, stock in in that last speed figure being lower.
0: I I think he's one who will stretch out just fine. We get to the Derby, and yep, a a Kentucky Derby in September, Craig, and Really, just You know, we have to give uh, Some praise to Tizla For being so good for so long He's done so little wrong in his career while, uh, while so many horses Have kind of come and gone He's been there all along And you have to start with him Especially when, you know, a lot of the major Contenders continue to defect a little bit We saw Art Collector in the last few days No, he's not going to be in there He would have probably been your second choice So Tis the law, where do you stand with him And how do you approach this race from a betting standpoint
6: you know, before the Travers, I I was looking forward to the Derby, hoping that Tis the Law would win and come in, and that I'd be able to to bet against him. Just because he hadn't really run that big speed figure, he was just kind of beaten up on horses who weren't as good as him. I mean, if you look back through the horses who I finished second in his races, there there's just not a whole lot there. Uh, I don't I don't think any of them are actually in this field just. Trying to go from memory, but uh, Dr. Post elected to go somewhere else. So I don't think he's been beating a whole lot. But the last race kind of dispelled some of those doubts. He ran a 126 time form U.S. speed figure from us. Uh, It's a really good number. It's what you expect expect from three-year-olds this time of year. You know, normally in the Derby, if we get a 125 in May, that's a huge number. Like horses like Justify and American Pharoah were running. The average is more like a 120 but we got to look at it for, from that perspective, these are three-year-olds they are improving, they're maturing, they're going to run faster. So, I mean, I'm kind of handicapping this race almost like a normal season Travers where the horses are a little more developed. And I, I think he's going to be very, very hard to beat, but I do think there is one horse who can do it and that's Honor AP. Um, I, if you, you know, forced me to say who's going to win and I had to put my house on it I'd probably say tis the law but from a betting standpoint if he's if the odds are anything like the morning line and he's six or seven times mm-hmm. the price that tis the law is I'm going to be on honor AP I mean I trust John Sheriff's I I was convinced the day uh watching that shared belief stakes that it was absolutely nothing but a prep race yep. from him. Yeah. He had kind of a goofy trip and for some reason, people seem to think he's this big closer and they talk about how he's going to be coming from off the pace, but he's a horse who's always shown plenty of speed other than his first race where he just kind of was figuring things out. But he's a horse who I I think is maybe, you know, just a few steps slower than tis the Law. but it's the Derby. It's a big field. Anything can happen. So I'm not going to take a three to five or whatever he's going to be when there's a horse as good as honor AP. So not really a, a big you know win bet for me, but I, I'm going to be using those two in vertical bets like tries and supers, and I'm going to concentrate a lot of them
0: with Honor AP on top. Yep, he's a top horse for me too It was one of those situations where He he really just didn't need the race last time out You, You said it right, weird, bizarre It's kind of a funky trip that he had Where he had to kind of come up and press early It's not what he wants to do You hit it right He's not a stone cold closer But he just doesn't want to be second Pressing the horse that's that's on the lead And so a trip in between Those two is where he should be Drawn towards the outside I don't mind him losing uh, losing some ground As long as he's able to stay sort of in the clear Because I don't want him to have to get Stopped and started If he's able to get in the clear And and just kind of sit to the outside And pass some of the horses who have been in front of him Involved early That's the kind of trip I hope he gets And And he really just feels like the horse who is, if you're against Tis the Law, he's gotta be the, the real big major contender in here With a little bit of upside that feels like on his A game and on his best day He can even deal with tis the Law Everyone else feels like, you know what, maybe tis the Law, maybe Honor AP Would have to show up with a less than A performance from them Give me one or two long shots for people to throw in, you know, underneath in some of their exotics, try supers, any horses that you think that are biggish kind of prices that could outrun their odds.
6: Yeah, I, I like Max Player in here a bit. I'll get to one I actually like a little bit more in a sec. I'm kind of going by post-position order. But I think Max Player is a horse who's going to love the mile and a quarter. Uh, he's done better as as he's, the races have gotten longer. His figures are getting better as he matures. And then that Travers... The pace was kind of slow. He didn't really have a whole lot to, to latch on to there and make his run. He was actually gaining a little bit on Tiz the, gra- uh, the Law late. Now, granted, Tiz the Law wasn't all out, and I don't think he's going to beat Tiz the Law. But at 30-1 to one on the morning line, I, I think he's definitely one that you could use in those two, three, four sl- slots, especially if Honor AP doesn't run his race. And the other one I really like, and uh, frankly, I I wouldn't want to have to make a morning line for the Kentucky Derby. It's got to be a very tough thing, but I don't think there's any way in the world attachment rate's going to be 50 to one. You'll be lucky if he's half of that, but he's a horse I actually think is moving in the right direction. I don't think he's had great trips of late. I think he's going to like this distance. If you like Dark Collector, he ran very well against them last time. Uh, he had some big trouble in the time before that when he was beaten by him by eight lengths. So he's a horse I'm definitely going to be keying in tries and supers, hoping to get in at a big price. I mean, don't get me wrong. He, he's not going to be 10 to 1 or anything like that. But I, I do think the
0: 50 to one's a bit of a pipe dream. Yeah, he feels he more feels like more a 20 a- to 1 shot. You just, when you're, once you get past those top couple who people are going to think are the win contenders... Everybody else sort of looks the same And he's a horse who seems like he's progressing right now Whereas a lot of others might have sort of hit their peak We might know who they are at this point of the year He can still continue to take steps forward Which I don't think many in this field will do in this spot Because it it feels like we, with their body of work being later in the year We know this group, we know them pretty well We've seen for the most part who they are I feel like Attachment Rate still has a ceiling that's a, another step or two he can get to, and yeah, I'm completely fine with using him in underneath spots and two, three, four spots, and in, in a lot of exotics as a you know a 20, 25 to one shot type horse. Just not a field of 20 this year. We are not going to have uh, the same sort of Kentucky Derby. But I will say this, uh, Craig: in a year where many sports canceled, many sports had to re- completely restructure the the way their sport goes, horse racing. For the most part held pretty steady There was some times where a couple Tracks had to to shut down There were some schedules That got changed in particular This Triple Crown schedule here but hey We have a really good Friday and Saturday where Tis the Law is a nice horse, we have a couple really nice fillies in the Oaks And the undercards on both days are stacked, just like any other Oaks or Derby weekend would We see a bunch of stars, we have some big fields, we're with some really good betting interests So, hey, you know what, maybe a chalky Derby, maybe a chalky Oaks But the overall picture of the Friday and Saturday still look pretty damn good to me
6: Yeah, I totally agree, and some of these races just I've got to the point in life where every race doesn't have to be a bet for me. Uh, I am a fan of the sport in addition to the betting and I can watch the Oaks and the Derby and not make a bet. And I'm just fascinated by the the matchups and how the races play out. Now, now I will bet them because I, I do have some opinions as I said <laughs> on here, but you know, there are some races where I, I don't have to bet. I, I can just watch and enjoy the sport for what it is. Uh, and you know, I think we're going to get a lot of those uh, on this weekend, as you said on Friday and Saturday. Just some really big horses. Uh, I haven't looked totally over the Oaks card, but I think I saw Monomoy Girls there yeah, uh, you got cheering. You got the yeah, two nice fillies. coming back from from Ascot. Uh, and then you yeah, got just... Four
0: Graces are both in there too. A couple of nice fillies that aren't quite the didn't really want to go quite that far. And then mm-hmm. you got the Ali Sheba with McKinsey and By My Standards and Owendale and sort of that next tier right below the top top older horses. It, it's a it's a fun couple of days with we don't with you know it, we're in a sport where there aren't a lot of stars. But is, is, is much, as far as as many big names as possible We're going to see them this weekend out on, uh, on Friday and Saturday Craig, awesome stuff uh, as always I really, really appreciate you taking time Because I know it's a busy week And uh, we're all doing a, a bunch of these So thank you for carving out a little time here And let the folks out there know What other stuff can we see from you And what can we look from you uh, for this weekend In the next few days
6: uh, David Aragona and I put out a podcast on Tuesday. We did touch on the Derby and, uh, and the Oaks. We're not doing a full win this year uh, on Friday. We usually do the Friday forecast, but we have a Timeform U.S. Derby package that's available. Uh, you can find it at timeformus.com or drf.com, either of those places if you're interested. Uh, I'm always on Twitter giving my thought on the races. As Gino mentioned earlier, you do got to put up with my sports takes. So if you don't want to hear those, <laughs> then, then follow Timeform US and not me, who is Timeform US figs. But uh, they'll usually retweet anything horse racing that I say. So, you know, it, it's one of those weekends where, despite all the sports being back, it, this is one I'll definitely have all my focus on horse racing for the
0: most part. Yep, I'm going to be in the same boat too. It worked out. Um, it's funny; the two of us probably had different. Feelings about the way the week let up I was I was just telling uh, Stephanie When uh, early in the week on Monday night eh, I was saying Just please I hope this goes to game 7 Because then it'll make my next few days Trying to get my work done a little bit easier When I don't have to worry about a Laker game on Wednesday night You know because I don't have to fo- I can't really get my focus in when, when my team's Playing I'm so nervous I'm watching them So um, the way that that worked out I was able to at least get some stuff done and I watched a great game between OKC and Houston And uh, one more time And just a, a shout out to your team who Had a, a really good yeah. year Craig, thanks again, man uh, You're always one that I uh, I reach out to Like I said, when, once it's a big day I just, I throw up the bat signal And you're right there for me all the time, man Thank you so much
6: No problem Say hi to Milo for me
0: I will uh, You tell the the family I said hello And I look forward to talking to you again real soon Alright, thanks, Dina. Folks, don't go anywhere Let's take a quick break on That's What G Said Plenty more racing ahead One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full service realtor, and I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us a, a little bit about what, uh, what kind of stuff you were working on.
7: Hi, Gino, thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia, out to Upland and Ontario just recently. Um, the market has, has been uh, really good. Um, we're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8 percent this year opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5 percent in increase in value. Um, it's also looking great for buyers. Uh, the interest rates right now are going to be staying under 4 percent. So if you are been on the fence about thinking about buying a home
0: And you're all over the internet, social media, websites, let us know some of the places where we can find you I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow, everyone always has positive things to say Everybody hears me raving about you all the time, but where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact?
7: Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, And uh, you can contact me on my website, which is www.cindycarava.com, or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400.
0: Cindy is awesome She's one of the kindest and most genuine people I've ever met, I promise you You will enjoy every minute You interact with her, so thank you very much Cindy, Uh, appreciate all of your support From That's What She Said podcast
7: Thank you Gino, have a great day everyone
0: Derby extravaganza Rolls on, it's the cleanup hitter now We are into some of the big races Leading right up to the derby And joining me my favorite people to talk horse racing with From Optics EQ, Emily Gullickson Emily, how are you doing on this busy week?
4: I, I'm doing great Yeah, it's a busy week, but but it's a fun week Right? Wouldn't yeah. wouldn't have it any other way
0: No, and, and you know, it's Obviously a, a different year we're, we're in September and we're talking about the Oaks And the Derby and, and all that stuff this week But it, even if it looks like Those two races in particular May end up a little bit formful we still have a ton on the the undercards on both days don't disappoint. There's a combination of big names, big stars, and then a lot of other races that are just wide open where you can catch some prices. So really good combination of everything over the two days
4: yeah i I agree completely. you know i've had i've been I, I wouldn't say disappointed. you're never disappointed when it's big days, right? But sometimes mm-hmm. from like a playing standpoint, when you're like, oh, it's formful or you have small fields or like you have favorites that just look like complete layups it it makes it a little bit less exciting you know for players like you and i and then going through this card you know i did full card selections for for oaks and derby over at brisnet and both days are just like they're killer like there's so many races i'm glad we're actually talking the races that we are um because i have some really strong opinions um against some favorites that i think are going to be big favorites and they're going to be short price favorites and i just think that that continues throughout the two days so there'll be some real opportunities out there for players
0: So those of you who are following along Get your past performances out We are into race number 11 At Churchill on Saturday We are on September the 5th And this is Derby Day undercard Leading right up to race number 14 Which is the Kentucky Derby So in race number 11 we're going to go a mile On the turf course in here and any race that she's in you have to really start the conversation with newspaper of record because she's a very polarizing filly she's a super talented filly and she showed last time that she can actually win on a turf course that's not yielding which was uh, you know a little check mark off the boxes for uh, her on her resume and she she's the type that she's kind of old school emily we don't see a lot like her in that they've really figured out she doesn't really want to rate, she just wants to go And in races she's in, she creates a lot of separation And she runs a lot of other horses off their feet How do you think she stacks up in here And what does it look like from optics and, and from your opinion from a pace standpoint?
4: Yeah, I mean, I just kind of right away going into this race Just like my mouth is watering because I think she's 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 vulnerable in this spot mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of those reasons. I mean, yeah, in terms of, well, just, to, I wanna kind of make make one note real quick, just in terms of the adjusted game. Um, I know that the the course is listed as firm that day, but um, John Doyle, who does the trip notes over at Optics, he noted that that turf course, even though that it was rated firm, was was closer to good soft than mm-hmm. firm. So um, I know that the PP is a standard. PPs aren't gonna say that, but um, just, you know, something to keep note. But in terms of her being vulnerable, Um, It does come from from a pace standpoint. And then just in terms of speed figures, I mean, she's not like she's that much faster than anyone else. So for her, um, the way that she wins is she gets her trip on the front end, and she's going to have pressure here. She's really quick um, in that first quarter, and then she slows things down, and that's that's where she wins race. But this pace is going to be a lot more contentious. I mean, a horse like Harmless is going to go. I don't know if she – you know, she's – not naturally as fast as newspaper of record but they have no other choice they're gonna have to just put you know their foot on the gas and just go that's that's all there is to it um and then in terms of you know the outside horse bell Bella, Bella? we're gonna go with bell laura Bella, yeah. um you know her, i know she's kind of she's a little bit tricky looking at the pps but if you if you key off that june 7th race Or she had an outside post, which is similar to today. They had to go. They had to send to put her in the race. Last time out, she had the inside post. You can be a little bit more crafty in terms of trip. So from her being on the outside, if they're in this race to have any chance, they have to go. So she's going to have pressure from those two horses. And then Juliet Foxtrot has legit tactical speed. And she can finish. And she has class. And she's faster than newspaper of record. And she's a better price. So, you know, all those things to me, I just think this race is going to be, I know, I think there's other ways to go. Um, but in terms of a pace standpoint, if we're talking about newspaper of record, she's going to be a big favorite. Um, and I, I don't think that she has to win. And you, you can definitely try to beat her.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Juliet Foxtrot, who she looks like one that is sitting. On a really big race and she's coming Into this race nicely She should get a good trip for some of the Mm -hmm. reasons You mentioned probably third right behind Maybe newspaper of record and harmless And she could get a jump On some of the deeper closers in here Like a bow recall or maybe You know she's on the warpath Their daddy is a legend Um, So Yeah
4: I should have have mentioned she's on the warpath Because that's another one that's got to be forwardly placed Yeah especially from the
0: inside You would think that they're going to get away And have to you know you don't have to gun it as much going longer but you got to get you got to be using yourself a little bit early and I, and that will at least make it a little more difficult on newspaper of record so I mean, what do we do with Daddy's a legend who just you know she threw in a real clunker in in the comeback race she had an excuse she was wide legitimately the only thing that bothers me is that she's had races before where she's come back and she's run much better than that it's always just you know you you look at a race that's that bad and 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 it's hard, but that'll probably inf- inflate her price a little bit
4: right. And, and you know I don't mind that that race at all for a couple reasons one she's she's has a barn change. so I know in the past she's run well off a layoff, but it's it's different when you have mm-hmm. you know when you have a trainer change trainers Good do point. different things they have different things in mind um the turf course that day at ellis park was really loose um you know they drew put her right into the race you know so she's wide she's up close to a pace that's not a trip that she's used to so it's in my not a mind
0: trip on turf either it's just it's correct, not. that's like right. a dirt trip that you can work out where you're wide all the way that just never works on the grass like that
4: right so so that to me is just like yeah and i um Anyways, there's uh, that just looked like all around like the type of a prep race for her, right? Because she was a graded stakes horse, so they're not trying to come back and win a $100,000 race. A horse like she's a, she's on the warpath, she's not quite a graded stakes filly. You know, they're trying to win a $100,000 yep. race, right? Like they're in it to win it that day. Mm-hmm. Here it's like they, they'd like to, you know, do their best if they get a piece, great. You know, she freaks and runs a big race, like even better. But um, for Daddy is a legend, like they have to be looking at, this type of race for her and i think that that start last time out just kind of getting you know, getting some conditioning, getting a race off the bench, and then the fact that, you know, you mentioned, yeah, it's a poor effort, but it's a poor effort. She goes right into a graded stakes race. You know, it's like they, they, yep. she's running this race before. Um, so so this is a spot I expect her to run a much better race. Um, she's she's kind of a total use for me. I'm, I'm pretty heavy, kind of 3-2. And then as far as Beau Recall, um, there's a couple others. Beau Recall, um, I've just been really disappointed with her this year. I thought the mint julep would have been kind of a kickoff point, could make a little bit of excuse in terms of Trip. I thought it was a little bit sneakier than it looks on paper. Um, and again, she did kind of move forward in some ways um, in the Just a Game. Um, but just speed figure wise is just not getting back on track of the races that she was running Mm -hmm. in 2019. And that bothers me when there is a six year old, right? Because it's like, she should at least be running back to those numbers. And the fact that she hasn't, you know, she's honest enough. Um, I can say, you know, to use her and, you know, underneath 100%. But, um, that's just one thing that, that just kind of concerns me. Um, La Signere, uh, She is another one that I think um, Is it fits in this race as Well you know just kind of Improving coming to this race She was against the flow in The um, grade one Jenny Wiley um, likes this course so I I can See some upside there but um, Yeah I I think my biggest Opinion in this race is just To try to play against you Know newspaper record
0: I'm Doing the same thing and I Think you mentioned the Horses then those next tier of Horses to play and I'm right There with you it's it's the Three Juliet Foxtrot and I'll Probably play some exotics Right like single and Really try to key around her I think she's just sitting on A big one and going to be in a great spot And daddy is a legend to me is going to absolutely Be a use and then you know Almost exactly what you said with Bo Recall it just is she capable of winning this race absolutely sure she can jump up and win it again she won this race last year she just doesn't seem to be as good as she was last year she just is like a, a little bit below she's been against you know she hasn't been in races where they've shaped up that great for her but she still mm-hmm. should have run a little bit better I just wanted Agreed. to see Agreed a little bit that. more for her, from her so yeah I'm with you let's get Juliet Foxtrot home in race <laughs> number 11. And let's see if we can beat newspaper of record right off the bat uh, in that 11th race and some of the exotics So uh, we move on to race number 12, which is the Derby City Distaff And we have kind of a preview in, in from the for the Kentucky Derby In that the three horses in this race that at least are going to take all the money Are drawn to the outside in here in Serengeti Empress, Fina, and CeCe and Serengeti Empress and Bellafina raced against each other in the ballerina. And I'm not sure, you know, where where exactly you stood on that one, but I remember immediately thinking, wow, I can't believe Bellafina didn't go by. It just felt like with the trip that Serengeti Empress got, she broke a little slow from the inside. Bellafina was sitting a perfect trip, but that's just kind of who she is. She 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 didn't run poorly at all. she just Looked like she was going to go by She was getting a great trip and she just could not Maybe a combination of her her hanging Serengeti Empress digging deep So where do you stand with, with that race I think we kind of have to talk about it to begin with Because those two are going to take a lot of money And that's sort of a key race when you're handicapping this one
4: Right So um, again I feel like I'm like Striking on these favorites but um, Serengeti Empress to me also looks vulnerable In this yeah. spot Um, I, I think a lot of people were really like blown away by, by that effort last out and it was, and it was good, right? She was pushed out of the gate, but she really had to work throughout that race. And so when you have a horse, uh, she's going to come back on 28 days rest. Um, so there's just not a lot of recovery she tends to need a little bit more time between her races if you just kind of like isolate where she kind of runs her big figures so I, I feel like that's a negative for her um it's not like she's going to get an easy lead in here you know she's drawn outside again so she, you know they've got to have they've got to use to some extent um in terms of Bella Fina, I mean she's uh, you just you know you kind of just don't know what you get with her, right? Like she's in, she got a perfect trip, uh, yep. winning the Desert Stormer. This is a grade three race. Um, a little bit scared, you know, at Los Alamitos, you know, if anything there, but yeah, again, no, no excuse. I mean, she's honest enough, but again, it's just, it's tough to get excited about her, um, when there, when there's just other ways to go, um, in this field, especially when, you know, you just don't really have any edge with her, right? It's not yep. like she's faster, it's not like she's going to get pace set up. It's like you have an honest Philly, which is fine, but, um, I don't know, it just doesn't really get get you too excited.
0: Nope. Nope. So what do we do what do we do with Cece to the outside here, who who's turning back now from, you know, a couple races going longer, Mile and a sixteenth. Got uh she hadn't raced for a few months, got the Del Mar race uh under her belt. She gets away from Fighting Mad, who has gotten really good. Fighting Mad has won three of the last four. And when Fighting Mad gets out front you can make an excuse for CC when a, when Philly's a out front, kind of just cruising like that. It, it's tough to catch one. So where do we stand on her in this tier with the other top two?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think she's I think she's legit in this spot. Um, yep. She has the the race around the she has a couple races around one turn, so it's not like you know she needs that mm-hmm. extra ground to run her race. She's run just as fast. Um, you know her comeback race uh, this year was really a prep. I mean, she she wasn't asked for her best, so I know that figure's a little bit soft, but uh, just keep those factors in mind. She's a multiple grade one winner. Um, she, she was impressive in the beholder mile, and just as good in the apple blossom and I think both those races are important to keep in mind because she just did not look um quite fully recovered from those two efforts coming back in the uh Santa Maria and then I I just think you know between the layoff and the way the race shape came into place it wasn't a bad effort for Cece last time out it was wide she should get plenty of fitness um she just she looks really solid in here um and she knows how to win races
0: yeah, I like where she's drawn to towards the outside yep. She can just kind of stalk I don't mind if she goes a little bit wider in a race like this Turning back I just want her to sort of stay in the clear And be able to pick and choose when she wants to go She, she To me, she's the the one that I'm going to use on top And I'm, I'm going to build a lot around And so uh, of, we, We've talked about the main contenders I mean, we have to at least mention Mia Mischief, who She's capable of really, really big efforts I think I was just really disappointed With her two-back effort In the winning colors when she loomed up She raced really really well against Guarana last time out and she looked like she was The winner before Guarana ends up uh, Battling back I just don't Like her draw she's much better I think when she's towards the outside Down on the inside she might get forced A little bit and I I don't know if she's going to be able to Get the kind of trip she would need
4: so a couple things. One, I I, I actually I kind of like her that she's drawn inside. It seems okay, like when nice. she's outside, um, she has to kind of get forced into the race. And just with the speed drawn, you know, to her outside, she has tactical speed, but she could probably just save ground and sit right behind. And then in terms of the winning colors, um, here's something you're probably not going to see on PP's. Maybe if you follow me on Twitter, because I tweeted this out afterwards. But after the carousel she took this like really weird step, like not in the race, but like leaving the paddock. And it was just one of those that uh, coming back to the winter circle and just was like favoring her right front. And it was one of those where I just like, I took note of um, not anything that was like severe, but just, you know, to, to keep in mind, right? And so maybe that had something to do with the effort um, and then again the layoff here. So I think coming in fresh, I think the inside post, I think she's going to fire a big race on um, Triple B Key, um as far as her saving ground, but she should be able to sit um behind that that kind of first flight of speed horses um and again, maybe saving ground is the is the key with her.
0: There's a couple horses that are sort of pace dependent. It looks like Bells the One and Sally's Curlin could Be horses that would be late on the scene If things got really crazy up front early Do you like either one of them Or anyone else in here that's sort of a price to include
4: yeah i'm going to use bells the one um she she is a, she is a closer but she's not um she's not as much as of a, a confirmed like you know one run closer like mm-hmm. yeah like sally's yep. curlin needs she's got, like got one run but she has no early speed mm-hmm. she's just going to be way out of it and at the mercy of the race shape bell's the one can um can show a little middle move and put herself in the race and i think that's that's kind of the key with her um you know she's run well over this track and she's not completely pace dependent and I think with with some of these horses you know that are going to be need the lead um and they are going to go fast I think that will kind of help Belle's the one to kind of put herself in the race and kind of get that that first run and then you know she can finish and come home quick so um you know I I, I like her in this spot so again you know just you know using some other horses but kind of that main opinion is um being against Serengeti Empress yeah,
0: it, it, especially when you're, it's it's nice to be able to use a few when you're going to chuck uh, some of the short price favorites out. And yeah, she, I, she's one of those. That's, you know, as some as as gamblers, there are just some horses that we generally. Like for me, I I always find that I, I'm very rarely using her. <laughs> you know, it's like I I'm usually trying to take a stand against her. There are some spots where she just looks really tough, but in this particular case, I didn't love. That that last effort that much either, and I do have to mention you. Uh, it, for those of you out there who who are not following Emily on Twitter, she bats a, a really good percentage. When you mention things like that after the race, when you say something like uh, maybe a little ouchy or there's something like that, keep an eye because generally those horses don't really come back and run well. Sometimes they don't even come back and run for a while. <laughs> Sometimes I can think of a few, yeah. Yeah, sometimes just what you said, we don't see them for a few months because they just you know they were a little something, so you definitely have a a keen eye for things even that happen after the race. So, a really good, uh, well, you know,
4: I've I've been an athlete and I've had many ouchies, so I I know know what
0: to look for. There, There we go. Um, we uh we move into race number 13, the turf classic, mile and an eighth in here. And as many of these turf races go uh, Chad Brown will have a, a big hand in here With Rock Emperor, Digital Age, and Sacred Life It looks like there should, at least on paper Be a pretty honest pace Which we don't see a lot of the times in New York In some places with these distance grass races But with Factor This from the inside and then with some like it hot brown and spectacular gem, they all seem to want to be really close to it early on. So we should get a, a, an honest race in here and some pace and uh, and some opportunities for horses to to move into it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the way I, I saw this race um, as well from like a pay standpoint. I had a really hard time with this race just in terms of, you know, trying to find a horse that I either liked or disliked. So I'm kind of going to go from, from a pace standpoint with, I, you know, I agree with your assessment in terms of uh, factor. This is going to just go to the front from the inside. Um, and then the two outside horses, you know, that's, that's their game as well. They've got to kind of go from that position. Um, none of them really have much in terms of finish. So the, the, all three of them kind of taking up that, that role Um, should set horses up from off the pace. Um, You know, if if I have to kind of put them in order, I'm going to give an edge to um, digital age. Um, I know it's a little bit sneaky. I know he's not the most obvious, you know, of the Chad Brown horses because he's come back in the allowance races, but I think that's kind of a good foundation for him. He's run well um, in graded stake races in the past. He won the American uh, turf um, it's a grade two over this course. Uh, Belmont Derby was a really good fourth. He just was like up against it that entire race. Um against the flow and the Hill Prince. And then a better than look fourth place finish in the Hollywood Derby, a grade one race as well. So there, there's some there's some class there. And I just think in terms of value, um I'll I'll try him. I mean Rock Emperor, um you know, I, I thought his race at San Anita in the Whittingham was like so much bad luck at once. Like he was probably the best and then he finished second and then he got disqualified. It was just like the worst scenario, yeah. which looked just kind of set him up in Manhattan and then just didn't look like you have any excuse in there. So as much as I think that this horse can win, it's like, oh, God, I, can't, I just can't trust him at this point. Um, and I kind of feel the same way about Bowie's hero. I thought he was just, uh, you know, a really solid um solid kind of horse in the, the Eddie Reed kind of second off at the right trip. And then, you know, really no excuse. I mean, just no. a fair pocket trip and came up short, but, but uh, you know, he's hard to toss um, of the maker horses. Um, Mr. Dumas kind of gets the push for me of the two, just because he has um, he has a little bit of class to himself. You know, he's run, uh, he has a great stake win over this course. He's running some great stake races as well. Um, he can stock and finish um, in terms of trip. Um, true valor also has some class. I've always kind of thought of him more as a miler. So it'll be interesting, you know, what kind of grand motion does. That's just like my, my one kind of concern with him. Um, sacred life. I, you know, I was, I just was a little bit soft on him overall. Maybe you can convince me otherwise, um, to land that way. But, but again, you know, I just had, I had a hard time kind of being like for or against a horse in here and just kind of spreading with those horses that have finish.
0: Yeah, for the same for some of the same reason that you use Digital Age, I I throw in Sacred Life and sort of lean that way just because this this isn't a grade one. This is a this is a contentious group, but this isn't a grade one. These are grade two type horses. You know, you just look up and down, and it's not really that. So a Digital Age absolutely could jump up and win a, a race like this and is in really nice form and is run over this track this is a, this is sort of a spread out race for me and I'm and I think a lot of the horses that you mentioned will be on mine I'm gonna steer clear of most of the speeds because I do think it's gonna set up and I'm gonna be using basically you know Mr. Dumas digital age uh, sacred life, I'll probably throw Rock Emperor in. I don't really like to use short prices defensively, but I don't think he's going to be that short. And there's going to be mm-hmm. other races in the, you know, if I'm playing pick fours and pick fives, sort of like you, where I don't like shorter prices. So I don't mind using him. I, I don't want to get to this race after beating Serengeti in, in a couple short prices and just not have him on a ticket and get knocked out. So I'll probably end up throwing him here in some way. But yeah, I'm not. Not not the strongest opinion in the world in this way True Valor will also be on some of my tickets too So I think we see this race Pretty similarly how it's going to shape up But not really know who in particular Is going to tr- get the trip I feel like it's probably one of those four or five that we mentioned
4: Yeah it'll be one like when you know When you're playing live if you want to make a win bet I mean there there's probably yep. just going to be some value Right because yep. there's You could go a lot of different ways So um, it's tough you know in the position that we're in right now And sometimes all of a sudden it's like you see a tote board And you're like Okay, this is the play. Like, just <laughs> whoever die. gets played out of this race,
0: that. this is definitely one of those watch play individually because somebody's going to get, you know, somebody gets bet and then somebody floats up and they're double the price they should be. And then that's where you, that's win or lose, that's the horse you have to play in an evenly matched group like this.
4: Right, right. Yep.
0: Okay, let's move into the Derby. So we've got some news uh, over the last few days. Art collector who It Win, lose, if you liked him or not Was going to take a lot of money Probably would have been the second choice in the field And now it looks like King Guillermo Is having some issues And and I'd imagine he probably won't run As of when we're recording They've said they're going to find out more information We're recording this early Thursday So it's never good Especially for a horse who hasn't run in a long time To begin with So he may not be in the race No art collector now And we're going to see Emily Tis the Law As one of the shorter derby favorites In history and definitely In recent history And it's really hard To knock him it really is He has done a lot of things right And I can understand anyone who wants to bet against him I will have tickets With him against him And in, in, you know combinations of things but He just from a good horse He's been a really good horse He's done so little wrong And think about all the horses that have Come and gone since he was good last year at two, and how all those horses who were good at two have come back and not been good at three. And then the Nadal, the Charlatan, Maxfield, who would have been that next tier. And he's just sustained his consistency and improved all throughout.
4: Yeah, agree. I mean, I think if you're if you're going into this race, you know, you have to just kind of look at him as as the horse to beat. Um, I'll give you some reasons why why he can be beat because <laughs> I I think because I think it's possible. Um you know, obviously, if you're just looking like, you know, kind of traditional, right, handicapping wise, like class and speed figures, he checks those boxes, right? He's been proven at the level. You mentioned all the reasons, like he's just been able to sustain and improve. Um, distance wise, that was maybe a question early on. He's passed that test. But but here's a couple of things to kind of keep in mind. And this is just uh, not necessarily something you're going to see in the PPs, but but it's there as well. Um The biggest one to me is just in terms of time between starts. And so this is going to be the first time in his career that he's going to run back in less than 30 days. And that is very important in terms of a horse's form cycle, their ability to recover between races. Um, And again, you know, you have a favorite. He's going to be a short price. He's going to be a super short price because it's the Derby and it's public money. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, underlay type type scenario. And so you, you have that factor, right? The other thing is too, is, um, you know, a partner of our, at uh, Optics, John Doyle, he brought up going into the Travers um, before they even ran that race, a really good point about the race at 10 furlongs, you know, is probably not the best prep race. And I know that's kind of counterintuitive, because we think like, why wouldn't it be then he knows he can get the distance. But sometimes with these horses, and I know, you know, he was geared down late, and like people will say, Oh, it's very easy. But um, if a horse runs hard for for nine furlongs, and then they're, you know, they're going easy for 10, that nine furlong still still matters, right? And so he's, you know, it's a close to perfect trip, but he's kind of wide outside of horses. He's got to be up close to a pace that day. Um, So is there something that could be taken out of him from that race? Absolutely. And again, you combine that with the fact that he's had less than 30 days rest for the first time in his career. Um, And then also, you know, you kind of go into the trips, right? He's been able to get really favorable trips. And a lot of that is just because good horses get good trips, right? We've heard that many times over. Um, But This is going to be kind of a different scenario. And I think, you know, some of these horses coming out maybe makes things a little bit easier for him. Um, But from the outside post, they're going to want to be in the clear. He likes to be, you know, within a couple lengths off the lead. Um, We're going to have... In my opinion, um, and maybe things change with Guillermo coming out, because he, he's one that kind of seemed like he'd have to be forwardly placed, you know, all things considered to have a chance, but this pace looks to be um, contentious, right? There's horses that are quick that want to be forwardly placed. Um, and if he wants to be in that mix, You know, it might be a a scenario, too, where he's running faster early than he's had to run in the past. Mm -hmm. So that's another that's another unknown that he hasn't taken. So while I can sit here and say, you know, yes, you know, all those factors kind of make him the horse to beat when it comes down to it. um, You know, they're still going to have to run and he's still going to have to win. And those are the factors that I think that um, could see him getting beat on Saturday.
0: And now with, you know, he's going to there are going to be some juicy numbers up on the board for for horses if you want to take some swings and I will you know absolutely have some exotic tickets lined up to to some bombs in here. Let's kind of go through a uh, little little uh, clumps of horses in here and we can give some some quick thoughts on each one and just kind of go inside out. So let's start with the the inside three horses. They're big prices on the board. We have a a, a 50 to 1 shot with Finnick the Fierce and then we have Max Player and Enforceable who Feel like horses that are A little more buzzy that people will want to use Underneath because of their running styles They're not distance limited um, With these three how do you feel Who are you hot or cold on
4: um, I would go in the order of 3-2-1 um, I, I, I can see I can see Enforceable winning the race Just the one concern with me Is uh, is Trip for him right Because deep closers they, they struggle in this race Um and and that's pretty much it. But I mean, in terms of you know, he has class, he has speed figures to compete. Um, you know, Max Player to me maybe is just a little bit more of a, of a good underneath use. I have a hard time kind of getting there in terms of the win end, um, where I could see it with Enforceable. and been pointing to this race. Um, he's got you know a lot of foundation under him. You know those those types of things. Um, good race over this course. Um so yeah that's kind of where I would Go and in that inside flight would be like 3 to one
0: and we'll go to the Next flight where we have the, the two-year-old Champ storm the course isn't it funny to think That he <laughs> he's the two-year-old Champ over tis the law you know when we look back Because because of the one race that tis The law had a little bit of a hiccup And um, he you know and he, he Has a couple races this year that aren't Bad he just hasn't shown any improvement The Ohio Derby was a race That he absolutely was supposed to win he ran Decent on the grass but they they take a big shot in here with him because he has the points and this isn't even going to be a full starting gate. But we have Storm the Court as a fifty to one shot right next door to a fifty to one shot major fed. Um, it, it's going to be hard to real like if if King Guillermo's in there, you mentioned he'll probably push the pace. And then um, money moves is uh, the lightly raced one for Pletcher Let's talk about this group.
4: Yeah. Um- Storm the Court to me, I mean, he's he looks like just like a grade three caliber type yeah. horse. So just in terms of class, he's a little bit below. Um Major Fed, um, he's he's on the a little bit on the slower side, maybe improving type. Um, distance-wise, should not be any issue for him. Um, definitely one to use underneath. I don't think he's quite there in terms of a win candidate, but would want him, you know, in those in those deeper tickets. I'm not into King Guillermo. I understand he's a good horse, he has a lot of talent. You know, I don't even mind the layoff, to be honest. I know people are negative on that. But but this is so different when you have a layoff with horses that are older three-year-olds versus mm-hmm. horses that are younger three-year-olds. That's a world of difference. So that doesn't bother me as much as the distance and just his run style. I just have a hard time seeing this type of distance for him and him getting the trip. Um, but that might not even matter. Um, you know, money moves. I, I just think this is... A, this is a big test I mean I, I don't think the field That he beat last time out was anything special I know it was older horses but or Not not even that he beat that he finished second It was yeah. I guess a, a tight finish there uh, But you know it wasn't, wasn't that Great um, I know it
0: like locally division. I have a Problem when I look at that race too because like locally Owned is just a nice allowance horse You know yeah, the horse yeah, was right behind yeah. him and I just I can see him continuing to Improve and this isn't the strongest Like we said it's not the strongest group in the world I am he so he'll he'll be underneath for me because nothing can, nothing would shock me really underneath. <laughs> but there are just some horses that I don't know if I could see them beating this whole group. He would really have to to get things in, you know his way, and 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 some others would have to regress. At least in my opinion, um, as we move to a couple other bombs, it's just crazy the prices uh, all strung together in a row. Here we get to South Bend, who's fifty to one. Mister Big News, who's fifty to one um and then thousand words is 15 necker island is 50 let's go through this group of four that includes 3 50 to 1 shots
4: yeah um i'll, I'll just kind of give a, a group pass on the 50 to yeah. 1 shots yeah. I, I mean yeah you, you know again if you're spreading I, underneath sure um as far as thousand words i you know i think he can win this race i I saw a big change in him in the morning leading up to the the Los Alamitos Derby. I I was really looking, watching his workouts, trying to see, like, what kind of horse. And we've seen with these baffer horses sometimes when they they show a massive ability at two, and then all of a sudden they just can't repeat and they just completely fall off. So, you know, watching him from the point of, like, is that what happened to this horse? It is just, you know, know, the stumble at the start just, like, you know, took him completely out of running, is just not interested. And I saw him wake up in the morning – and the work that, that woke him up is when they put him out in front of horses. And and as soon as they did that, I'm like, all right, that's the key. Is they need to put this horse on the front end. Once he gets out in front of horses, he's going to run his race. Otherwise, you know, who knows? And he broke slow in the Los Alamitos Derby, and they were just uh, Pratt was just a little bit kind of hesitant because Uncle Chuck was in the race, and Uncle Chuck wired the field. But he still gave a good second. Um, and then in the shared belief, I— I'm like, they're going to they got to go like they, they're taking yeah. wireless field like they're going to go to the front. And they did. Um, and that's the type of race that, you know, again, you know, if, if the six comes out, I think Giroux is a good fit. I mean, he's he's not afraid to steal a race. And I think if they do, you know, maybe he's not good enough. Whatever, but I think that would give him his best chance to to compete this afternoon um, And so I have to leave him in the mix for, for that reason
0: Yeah, because he's, when we've talked about before, uh, I think when we previewed races He's so grindy, you know, and he's <laughs> always been that way that Those horses are really good on the front end Because they just keep going They're not going to be able to come from 5 to 8 to 10 lengths back and pass you most of the time because they just don't have that sort of turn of foot But when they're able to just start start Cruising like he did up front They were just really hard to pass And he he did, he he's really perked up And changed, he looks like a different horse than he was Towards the end of last year and early into this year
4: Yeah, yeah, I just think There's there's a lot of positives Um, I mean, I know I'm going to kind of skip ahead here But, you know, I yeah. think without any surprise You know, on Honor AP is very logical And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of think He's sort of the most likely in this race You know, um. Those reasons I mentioned it's the law so um, You know I, he he's just kind Of a, a must use for me
0: Yeah so let's get to some of these other bombs and then We get to the, the major contenders on the Outside too Sol Vellante was interesting Because he he was Really consistent and he ran a gro- good Race at, at Gulfstream in June In a race that may not have been exactly What he wanted and then he comes back 10 days in the Belmont he doesn't run really well And so he's I, you you could sell me on him. I could go either way on him. You know, hitting the board and picking up pieces. Where do you stand with him? We have attachment rate. Who's you know been um has been a horse who had supposed to have potential for a while. He's never really won a big one, but he seems like he's at least improving. Winning impression looks like he's going to be a very very big log shot. Let's go with these three.
4: Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, as far as Sol Vellante I'm just uh, you know I'm not sold with him just in in terms of class. I know he's a good horse. Um. All that stuff, you know, I think what happened in the Belmont is they were they were looking ahead to the Belmont and wanted to give him a a race at Gulfstream Park, you know, just to kind of set him up because he was coming off the layoff that day. And what happened was he just freaked and he ran too big of yeah. a race. Like he yeah. was he was keyed up. He was ready to run a big. He wasn't with the supposed on, to do that. <laughs> but he did it on the wrong day, right? And so they're like, "Oops, <laughs> like, Ooh. all right, we got to try it. We got to try to regroup." So you know, I think that that's smart. I think he's a good horse. But um, again, I think he's I think he's a good horse. But I just have a hard time, um, you know, putting him over others. You know, and also in terms of trip, he's probably going to be well out of it. Um, so he's got to kind of work through traffic, um, and make a run from off the pace. So things are just a little bit difficult Um, attachment rate. I, you know, I like this horse. I've just been, Watching him just kind of come come forward, he's been able to to mature. You know, uh, it's been a gradual, which is kind of what you want to see with these horses because it's later in the season, they're older um, older three year olds. You want to see that maturity. So saw that maturity um, coming back this year at Gulfstream Park, um, and then in this being his third race of the form cycle, I thought the Bluegrass is a really sneaky effort because he showed he showed a couple moves in there. He broke slow, he kind of moved early into the race to get position, and then he was kind of moving up late. And so it was just kind of one of those races that was, was a good comeback race for him. Wasn't a race he was going to win, but it was the type of race that, that could see him move forward. And he did, he moved forward at the Ellis park Derby. Um, uh, art collector got the perfect trip that was kind of his race that day but uh, attachment rate you know he put himself in the race he was wide he was up close and and i, I just i like the way he finished i thought he was still running to the wire it wasn't like he was you know just hanging on for second he was still closing ground art collector had to finish in order to stay in front of him um i you know i like that race and i just think in terms of trip Um, He could be the horse that kind of gets that trip because he's able to show those gears. He's able to, you know, he doesn't need to have the lead, but he can put himself in the race. And then at the race, you know, it is starting to fall apart late, we are starting to see a little bit of chaos, could be just the right horse that's just going to kind of keep moving forward and just be in the right place at the right time. So, so he's a use for me and, um, you know, winning impression, I'll even throw in New York traffic. They're just both kind of, uh, they're just too below, um, you know, New York traffic, he ran really well last time out, but did have a bias, um, in his favor, which is also, you know, worth keeping in mind with, um, authentic. Um, so yeah, just both those horses, um, are are not for me.
0: Okay, and then the, the outside three, we've already talked plenty about Tis the Law, so let's go Honor AP, and then Authentic, the two who have hooked up against each other in, on the West Coast a couple times, and it, for me, I'm a little bummed that there is no art collector in here, because I do think from just a pure win standpoint, if I was looking for one horse to play, it would probably be Honor AP, and I'm going to get a lot less of a price now Because no art collector So I have no issue with his race last time out He was a short field, he didn't need to win that race It was it was weird He showed some multiple gears in that race too He looked like he was done and then he came on again But he's just not going to get that kind of trip He doesn't want to be that close He's going to just sit, take back a little bit more uh, Is what I'm expecting And not back, but just a little bit more Off the pace I, I like him in this spot I just wish I could get a little more of a price
4: yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the the key with him, right? Is he's he's a horse that like he doesn't need a particular trip to win. Mm-hmm. And sort of you know going back to to looking at as far as like where horses are supposed to win. I mean, they they would obviously been happy to win the shared belief stakes, but their eyes are on the prize. Like yeah. they're looking at the Kentucky Derby. They want to get a good race out of him. They I think they got plenty out of that. You know where yes. he was wide, he was able to get you know show a little bit more tactical speed. I thought it was you know. Uh, A perfect race for him to come back in um and to move forward in here he doesn't look to have any distance limitations he's a really classy individual um he's moving forward uh with each and every start and i just uh, you know he's he's just so logical in here that it would be hard for me to see him not run a good race Mm -hmm. on saturday
0: yeah i agree he'll be you know if he's around five to one I'll probably play a few bucks to win on him, and I'll, uh, he'll be in all my exotic tickets for sure. No doubt about it. What do we do I with Austin?
4: I imagine he would be, right? Because yeah. I, I just think, you know, Tis the Law is just going to be so much shorter than his boarding mm-hmm. line because, I mean, you just hear all the chatter, and, like, you know, it's the Derby, so you get a lot of extra attention, a lot of extra money. He's going to be so short. So I think uh, a five to one second choice is probably yep. uh, not unrealistic. Because
0: that's not going to be too crazy to entice the people and say, oh, he's too big of a price. And, and there'll be people that are going to go, want to go fishing for. The bigger ones because after him Everybody else will will Be a a much bigger price Even a horse like Authentic I'd imagine Who's you know going to be Very close but he's from way Outside he's no doubt about it he's going To have to go we've seen that he he Doesn't really want to sit And he's not going to want to come from off the pace So you know with him he's got Speed we know thousand words the other Baffitt he's Got speed where do you project Him to be just gunning from the outside
4: uh, that's that's the only that's the only option they have. They they have to go. I mean, he's not a horse that has that that has shown any other dimension. Um, and in the races, it's like he's he he got like kind of the perfect trip in his debut. You know, Baffert being my first time out with with these type of horses. Um, he was lone in his second start, green as all get out, and he still hasn't quite got over that. So that's a little concerning just in terms of class. He had another lone trip. And then he caught the bias in the Haskell and going into the Santa Anita Derby, I I made the case that he was going to be vulnerable that day from a Mm pace standpoint, because he's drawn on the outside, because he had speed in the inside distance wise, he looks like he has some limitations. So I think if you're, you know, if you're, if you're playing this race, which I'm sure we all are, you yeah. know, my for my opinion, um, he's a horse that's just is not going to be on the tickets in any of the spots because Completely the tossing. value's not going to be there. And he had, just has one way to go. And I just think there's, you know, a thousand words, I think is uh, has a similar running style and is going to be a better price. And I'm going to gamble that he's a better horse. So um, he's just not he's just not a use for me. And um, maybe that's bullish. But I mean, you got to take a stand somewhere. No, and, he- and that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Yeah, we can't go A, B, C. You know, if, if we're playing <laughs> yeah. exotics and stuff like that. It just—it's not. And and I—he to—he just feels the most vulnerable of the. The horses that they're going to be in the shorter prices, he'll probably be the third choice, I'd imagine. And he, yes. and I, I just, I'd much rather use the top two. I don't really have as much. You, you mentioned plenty if you want to go in a different direction from Tis for Tis the Law, plenty of things to, to at least pick at in a horse. It's going to be very, very short. That's the key when a horse is that short and you have a few things that you can at least ask a question or pick at, sure. And then we had plenty of others in here that maybe have some upside that we can use underneath. I just, I don't, I'm not going to feel forced into using authentic and any exotics either. So for me, it's going to be a lot around honor AP. It'll probably be a lot of exotics with honor AP, Tis the Law, and then a a, a good slew of the price horses that we mentioned.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my, my approach as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not fully against Tis the Law, but, but again, mm-hmm. I, there's, there's scenarios where, um, I'll have some tickets with, with him either, you know, running out Or being very deep underneath So, um, <laughs> you because know, yeah. why not, right?
0: Yeah, and you, like we said, in the sequence that we went through Of the short price favorites, there are some, I like Tis the Law more than a couple of the others That might be yes. in the sequence So if we're playing the sequence like that I'm probably not going to be chucking him completely out in that sense Whereas, you know, I'm fine, like I said, with Throwing a Serengeti out Throwing a newspaper of record out uh, Some horses that we talked about earlier in the sequence So um, Emily, awesome stuff like always You had mentioned uh, earlier that you have Full card selections for Friday and Saturday Let us know I'm sure you have um, uh, some footage Some content out there You're probably doing a seminar or two Or live stuff Let us know what your next few days are like
4: Uh, Yeah. So the, the full card is up on, on I know it's a pricey 20 bucks for each day. I wish it was free for everybody to be honest, but uh, that's just the way it goes. Um, But, but again, I think that you're going to get your, your money's worth. It's a lot of content. I think each one is like 6,000 words. Um, I'm not chalky, you know, there's, there's a lot of opinions in there. So um, I feel that that it's good value, even though it is on the higher end. So, so I'm, you know, I'm aware of that. Um, we did a video, um, an early video on Optics EQ uh, talking about the Derby. This was uh, last week, so so things have changed a little bit, but but a lot more kind of in depth as far as those horses. And then over at Optics EQ, um, we do our regular. Uh, we weekend special so friday saturday sunday which will include the derby which will include um some analysis for for these races over the next couple days and then of course just with with any other package of optics you get all the tracks to plot and notes so it's an awesome value for 50 bucks
0: really great stuff uh you hear uh, emily who uses a, a lot of those tools and makes a only, makes a lot of that only. stuff only <laughs> yeah. those tools and creates a lot of the those those things uh, for optics eq so Emily, thank you so much Good luck this weekend I will be uh, going back and forth with you a little bit And I wish you the best of luck
4: Yes, thank you so much And thanks for having me on I appreciate it
0: Uh, Folks, don't go anywhere We'll be right back with a little bit more on That's What She Said Thank you, Emily, for helping us out there um, One more time, let's just kind of recap some of uh, the, the horses I like in those races we talked about So, yeah, all about Juliet Foxtrot in the uh, the 11th race They're really high on Juliet And then on some other tickets, it'll be Daddy's Legend Maybe I throw a Bull Recall on a ticket or two and, um, and then, you know, it all comes down to newspaper record What do you want to do with her? I'm fine with leaving her out in race number twelve, to me, I really like CC from the outside. Um, it's CC. I definitely give a look to to Bell's the one, as uh, Emily spoke about, a- and then you know Serengeti Empress and Bellafina. What are you gonna do with those two? I'll probably throw Sally's curl in, uh, in uh, on a on a ticket or so also. Um, in race number thirteen, this is where I go with the eight sacred life on top, but I will be spreading out a little bit in here. At sacred life, I'll we'll be using Mister Dumas, digital age, rock emperor. Will also be on the tickets too. So uh, you know three, you know eight six three four seven true valor. Also uh, using some of the exotics, and then in the derby for me in the derby, it's uh, it's honor ap is going to be my top selection. I will use honor ap and tis the law. Uh, along with a ton of others, I'm I'm a little higher on New York traffic. Maybe not winning, but but in the mix, he just fights. He's always there. He should be sitting close throughout. I just, I just hope he doesn't get hooked too wide. I don't know if he's good enough to win and beat some of the others. And in he if he doesn't have a couple length lead, he's not going to pass and 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 be closing as well as some others late. But I, I just like the way he fights and battles. And then after that, it's you know. It's a bunch of Price Horses underneath That I'm completely okay with using Max Player, Enforceable Money Moves underneath Maybe Soul Volante And definitely Attachment Rate So Honor AP Tiz New York uh, Honor AP on top Tiz New York Traffic in a lot of the exotics Along with Honor AP And then the underneath horses would be Max Player, Enforceable, Money Moves Soul Volante, Attachment Rate and, and thousand words. you know, throw a thousand words in the mix too because I, 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 I like the fact that he's probably going to be just close and continuing to, to grind things out. So he would be another that I would uh, I would use in, in some underneath exotics. Thank you for listening to this long action packed Derby preview. a big thank you to. All of the guests It started out talking NBA with Eric We talked the first few races with uh, On Saturday with Barry uh, Then we went 4, five, six, seven With Ryan, then it was Craig Milkowski, And then to finish things off It was uh, Emily And she helped us out going horse by horse In the Derby, a big thank you to everyone Make sure to subscribe, rate, review If you know some friends that are out there Playing the Derby, playing the Oaks, they need a little help Let them know about the shows, pass them along And coming up next week The NFL season will start We're going to be talking a lot of NFL here If you're a football fan, if you're a fantasy football fan If you are someone who bets the games we're going to talk the, the lines, the spreads each week, What where the movement is. We will have guests that come on and that give us some of their best bets and their plays. We'll continue to track how everything goes. And uh, we, uh, I'm someone who watches all the games on on Game Pass, watches every play of every game. I'll recap them for you. I'll let you know what happened if you were only able to watch Red Zone and couldn't catch some of the games. So really looking forward to NFL starting next week. Joey Cleveland closed this out. Folks, good luck this weekend.